Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riven Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 112 in this episode, we are going to recap week one with overreactions, biggest surprises, grading rookie debuts, talking about specific games, and we'll finish off the show with NFL Pick'em week two. This is now episode 112, and a quick Patreon shout out to Matthew Jimenez, Sean Solis, Shan, Davon McLaurin, Rice Family, John Pintavelli, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Cat Stevens. Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Garcia, Hikari Mateen, and Jay Aqua. This Friday, we are going to do our first Patreon exclusive episode. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. I can't wait. All the topics on the episode are cultivated by our Patreon subscribers or YouTube member supporters. And that episode will be up on our Patreon. I can't wait to do it. There's a lot of great topics on that show. But we still have a regularly planned show on Friday. And Going forward, because after each week of the NFL season, there's so much to talk about. We are going to do football on Tuesday and basketball on Friday. Like that. I think that's the best way going forward. And to talk about what we have in store for basketball, this upcoming week, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame inductees. But then after that, we're going to talk about and um, NBA Eastern Conference predictions, NBA Western Conference predictions, and give a overview of each team in those respective conferences. But before we start off the show, a quick word from our sponsor, The Daily Sticks. Most of the time when we bet, we aim for the stars, shoot for the dark, and hope our bet turns out correct. When you sign up with The Daily Sticks, that won't be the case. The Daily Sticks provides you with the same analytics used by professional sports bettors and sports books to give you the edge you need. You will have access to model projections, key stats, and confidence ratings so you can be educated with the bets you are making and feel comfortable with it. The Daily Stakes covers the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the UFC. Another awesome feature the Daily Stakes has is that they host weekly contests that give you a chance to win an authentic sports jersey. And all you have to do is answer games that are going to be happening that current week. There are three types of memberships. The sport card membership gives you access to one league of your choosing and the features mentioned before for $14.99 a month. The all sports plan gives you access to all leagues they cover, the features mentioned before, and the ability to have a one-on-one session with the Daily Stakes team to guide you on your betting needs for $29.99 a month. And if you aren't sure about which one to choose, you can try the All Sports Trial, which is $6.99 a week and gives you all the features the All Sports Plan offers outside of the one-on-one session and the ability to enter giveaways. If you are interested in any of these packages, you can get a 30% discount code when you use the code PICKASIDE at checkout. That is P-I-C-K-A-S-I-D-E, PICKASIDE at checkout. The link to the Daily Stakes website will be in our description box down below. 
And we're back. And thank you guys. If, if you tune into that sponsorship, we really appreciate you guys because that's what helps us pay the bills around here. Take a <laughs> so if you guys tune in and even have, you know, subscribe to them, they offer a great platform. We really appreciate you guys. And now let's get on to this episode. Week one of the NFL is officially over. You know, yesterday's game was phenomenal. Raiders versus Ravens. That comeback win was awesome. Week one has, is always awesome. I can't wait for this season. But week one overreactions. A lot of crazy stuff happened. The Cardinals blew out the Titans. The Texans blew out the Jaguars. But give me some hot takes after week one. How you, how are you feeling about this season after the first game has happened? I'm going to start with you, Riff. All right. Well, I got, I got two hot takes. <laughs> first one, Arizona. They're going to win the division. I think, you know, I, uh, and I gambled on that game, too. So I was very heavily okay. into the game. I was watching the game. And I really thought it would be like a 44-45 score or a very high-scoring game. I thought both offenses were going to be very dominant. I didn't see Chandler Jones going for five sacks and dominating that offensive line. Even Taylor Lewin hit him on Twitter like, yo, bro, you made me a better player because the way you just dominated me. So I, that was one of my highs. I just feel like Arizona, they came out and they just completely dominated. Kyler Murray looked like that top five QB you was talking about. For sure. He looked phenomenal. DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, he got some love. Christian Kirk looked really good. That receiving core looks very dangerous. So that's my first hot take. My second hot take is the Raiders will make the playoffs. You know, I, I think at this point, beating beating Baltimore like that. And it's funny because I was watching the game, too. At first, I was like, nah, I'm fake bored. This game is kind of trash. But second half, it kind of kicked up. Mm. And you saw Lamar. He looked really good. But you saw Derek Carr. He was putting on the show. He was doing his thing. Darren Waller, he was doing what he do. But that's both of my hot takes for the first week. I'm actually surprised that Rondell Moore got more snaps than A.J. Green. Yeah. And that might be their three, and A.J. Green might just be casted out. I was going to say, I, I only saw he got two targets. That was it. No, he had six targets. He had two catches. Ah, okay. And I, you know, I know that because I bet on him to get 35 yards, and he couldn't get 11. 22, right? He, had 25. he fell off bad. Yeah. He, he couldn't get 11 more. It's the first so game. Bad. I'm going to give him a break. And, like, they I really mean, didn't it's been need a, him. It's been years now since I mean, he's been. No, one year. It's been one year. He missed a lot. Yeah. One year. Since he's been AJ, I think he was the year before he didn't play. I was gonna say in 2019. Yeah, I know it's been years though. Oh yeah, that all counts. All right, so my overreaction. They're actually both related to the Los Angeles Rams. After watching what they did to the Bears, I think the Rams might be the best team in the NFL because of what they did to the Bears. Correct, the Chicago Bears. The way they looked. Okay. Talk to and me about that. I my second one's going to be Matthew Stafford is going to finish top three in MVP voting, at the least. Talk to me. Now, from watching the Rams game, that defense looked crazy. Jalen Ramsey looked like he's taking it to another level. If that I didn't know it was possible, he took it to a whole other level. Aaron Donald, he, he had a solid game, but not Aaron Donald-esque type of game. He really didn't put his signature impact on it. The run game for, for, for the Bears was pretty solid, so that was a, the only hiccup that I really saw from them. But other than that, secondary looks solid. Their linebacking core looks solid. Obviously, they're playing the Bears, who really aren't a great team. But when you're not playing a great team and you are a great team, you need to dominate, and that's exactly what they did. Matthew Stafford, to my second point, had as perfect as a game as you could have in a debut game with a new squad. This move is the equivalent for me. We haven't seen a power move in the NFL in years since. I think the last power move I've seen was Peyton Manning going to the Broncos because that was the one that really changed the dynamic of the Broncos, made them Super Bowl contenders. This is that similar type move. Now, Matthew Stafford gets put in this situation and immediately throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns. 
just has an unbelievable type game, looks as crystal, as perfect as a player can look. Those are my two overreactions. So just to recap, I want to hear yours again. Um, My first overreaction was the Cardinals will win the division, you know, and the second one was the Raiders will make the playoffs this year. One thing I will say to that, and real quick, you had them winning zero games in the division. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, I did. That's funny. But the way they looked yesterday, I was they like, did look wow. good. They did so, look and good. And yours are? Mine, the Rams might be the best team in the NFL. No, you said they are the best. Okay. Sh- I, mine notes say might be oh. the best team in the NFL. So maybe I said it. Sure. Whatever. They look that good to me. Gangster. And Matthew Stafford is going to finish top three in MVP voting. You know, when I was thinking about this topic, it was hard for me to really give an answer because... I give so many hot takes during the <laughs> offseason that I don't know how to keep up with them. A lot of them come true. A lot of them don't. But I, before last week, I think I said this. I think even two weeks ago. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I said the Eagles will make the playoffs. Mm. You did. And in their first game versus Atlanta, I, granted, it's against Atlanta, but they beat them 32 to 6 yep. and they pummeled them. I mean, Javon exactly. Hargrave had two sacks. Jalen Hurts played phenomenal. I do think Jalen Hurts is going to be viewed as a top 18 quarterback this season. And I guess my overreaction for this, you know, after week one is that Jalen Hurts will be viewed as a a top 18 quarterback after this year. The Eagles will win the NFC East and Jameis Winston is going to win comeback player of the year. Mm. And those are two things that I said before, you know, doing this segment. But I think both of them are still overreactions. So I have one more. My other overreaction is that Mac Jones is probably going to be the best quarterback in this draft class outside of Zach Wilson. But Mac Jones, if he's not two, he's going to be first. That's how good I saw Mac Jones play. He's special. He is special. Where do you get the number 18 from? Like top 18 I know quarterback? That. I, like, was I was curious. Where did you, you get that number Did you from? go through the quarterbacks and just think he'll yeah, probably because, be Yeah, because – <clears throat> When when I ran out when I rank quarterbacks mm-hmm. and you look at the top fifteen quarterbacks in the league, They're pretty much the, set. the guys that are in the bubble are like Kirk, uh, Derek Carr, okay. Stafford is even in the bubble. Joe Burrow, you think you know? Staffy's on the bubble of that? Well, I think this year I feel like he's, he's going to be tier above those guys. And this year, I think he's going to be a top ten quarterback. He's yeah. going to have a top ten quarterback season. Mm. But when you look at the top quarterbacks, like let me just name them. You know, like Rodgers, Mahomes. Allen, Brady, Brady, Russell, Lamar, Russell, Kyler. Dak, Kyler, Herbert, Tannehill. Uh, Stafford, Tannehill, Derek Carr, yeah. Joe Burrow, Kirk it. Cousins, Her- ba- even Baker. Yeah. So there are so many guys that are I think. Are you taking Matty or, or Hurts at the end of the season? Matty Ice, sorry. I'll probably take Jalen Hurts. I think so. But I do think if Matt Ryan was in that. In Better that, situation, yeah, yeah. I do think he'd be, he'd be really good. But that's why I think he, you know, Jalen Hurts is not top 15, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's a little bit outside of it. He's like, you know, between that 16 to 19 range. But I think after the season, we're going to be like, okay, Jalen Hurts is actually a, a good player. So let me ask you real quick. Do you think he could be better than Kirk Cousins after this season? It depends on how the Vikings finish. Okay. But even if Kirk is slotted out, mm-hmm. you know, you still have Baker, you still have Burrow, you still have... Mac Jones, who's you coming? Think Hertz could be better than those guys that you just named. I mean, I was on, I was on record saying that I don't think he's gonna be better than Mac. Mm-hmm. So Mac is out, out the equation. Okay. Baker looked really good. Zach Wilson, <sighs> you know, his rookie season probably not gonna be better than Jalen Hurts this year. It probably could be. I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's another guy that I take over Hurts long term. Understand? 
And just thinking about other quarterbacks. Just you know, at the end of this season. Yeah, I'm not taking two over him. Um, what about him and Lawrence? I'm taking Hurts. Right after this year, of course. Yeah. Not going forward. <laughs> after this year. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in that bubble. He's in that bubble. But the Eagles, man, it, it's just when I looked at their roster before the season, because I was just like everybody else where I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in football. But looking at their roster and looking at what they actually have, I was like, no, they're actually going to be good. Yeah. I mean, Devonta Smith, we know he's a star, but Quez Watkins, they were getting him going in the passing game very early. Yep. And Jalen Rager was doing what he, he does. Had a solid game. I think Jalen Rager is going to prove people wrong definitely. this year. You definitely. know, maybe he's not going to be that alpha number one receiver, mm-hmm. but he's definitely going to be a wide receiver two, a low end two. I think he'll be good for 600 to 800 yards receiving this year. But is that good enough, though? He was the top 20 pick. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's not good enough. You know, I'm not going to say it's that because obviously he was drafted over Justin Jefferson, but Corey Davis was the fifth overall pick. And Corey Davis yeah. has never had a thousand yard receiving season. Last year was his closest year to it. He just came short of that. But he's still a solid receiver. Yeah, that's true. You know, is, is he a, did he live up to expectations? No. But is he a bust? No. So Jalen Rager, he's probably never going to be as good as Justin Jefferson. But I don't think we're looking at him and, and saying he's a bust either, you know, a couple years from well, now. Well, as long as he can fill out number two for Devonta. I was going to say, he's going to be a good complementary role to Devonta Smith. Yeah, as long as you do that at this point, because now we already have our number one. And with Goddard taking a step up in the, the tight end depth chart, obviously he did that last year, but, like, it's locked and loaded. He's yeah. the tight end one now. It also takes some pressure off Rieger, too. You have to pay him, though. Eh, what, what is it, this year or next year? This year. This year? Yeah, yeah that hurts. Week one meant that a lot of rookies made their debut yes, in the sir. NFL. And we're going to grade the top offensive rookies because defense, we'll let PFF handle that. So, <laughs> Offensive rookies, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and Kyle Pitts. So to start off with the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. How do you think he played? What do you think his grade is for his game against the Texans? I'm going to give him a C-. minus. Uh because he did throw three TDs. He threw three interceptions, so that maxes out. He threw the ball 50-plus times, and a lot of times he, he just looked a little bit too rushed. He couldn't read the defense probably at times, but, you know, it's his first game. The reason why I give him such a low grade, though, is because he played the Texans. And, you know, they he just they didn't look like they had a chance of winning that game throughout the whole time. So I give him a C-minus because even though he all the bad things, he still threw three TDs, and it was his first game. For rookie performance, I'm going to give him a C-plus. The, the stats obviously are a little misleading. He threw for over 300 yards, had three touchdowns, three interceptions. The interceptions were bad. There was, I'm almost positive there was one tipped one. But other than that, there was some, there was just some throws that he shouldn't have made. But I understand it's your first game. You know, he's, his issue right now is his ability to, to read a defense. What's going to, what, what is being thrown at him. And that's going to come with time. But we also have to remember this Jaguars offensive line is really bad. It's, and he's going to be scrambling a lot. He's going to have to work on his throws on the run. He had a few good throws on the run during this game. But the the last touchdown that he threw was was in garbage time, like as garbage time as like we were talking about before the show. I think there was like four seconds left on the clock. So he really he, he has three touchdowns, but he's probably looking at a real two touchdown, three interception game. I feel like a C plus is more than firm, especially with the fact that he's a rookie. You know, Texans are a matchup that were more favorable, so you would have liked to see more. But from what he gave you, it's not the worst I've ever seen. 
I gave him a C minus, and he finished with a 14.2 QBR, which ranks 30th. 55% completion percentage. And Trevor Lawrence, to me, I was not impressed. You know, this mm. would have been a far lower grade if I was a meaner person. But I'm I'm nice, you know. I Tough. know he's a rookie. But, you know, I, I thought this game wasn't good. I, I He didn't impress me at all. Like you said, yeah. it was more so two touchdowns than three. Two of his interceptions were boneheaded mistakes, decisions. For sure. One of them was he just overshot it. You know, he's rolling to his left. He overshot it and it got intercepted. But Lawrence didn't look good. And you, you talked about the Jaguars' offensive line. And I don't think they're good, but he had time. Like, he he there he had moments where he could have made plays yep. and didn't make plays. It wasn't like a Zach Wilson situation no, where I, well, I saw Zach Wilson where Zach Wilson had no chance to even make his first read. Like, Trevor had moments where he was standing in the pocket for a large amount of time and just didn't make the right play. Zach Wilson, I feel like once the ball was snapped, one second later, there's a guy in his face. Uh, so I think that was the difference, but I'm going to give him a C-. minus. So now moving on to the second overall pick, Zach Wilson. I'll just go ahead and say it. I gave him a B. You know, if we're talking about the first half only, I'll probably give him an F because he didn't do anything in the first half. But like I mentioned before, he had no chance to do anything. But in that second half, this was the guy I was dreaming about. This was the guy that I had all hopes and praises oh, okay. for. Dreaming about? Two touchdowns. <laughs> okay. Scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. He converted on a two-point conversion, which was phenomenal on a on a run into the touchdown. I'm not sure if it was a two-point or if that was the touchdown itself. Uh-huh. Regardless, Zach Wilson converted and just seeing a smile on his face and looking at him enjoying football put a smile on my face. And, and you know, I understand that Zach Wilson threw an interception. He threw it to Shaq Thompson. Uh, probably should have never made that decision. But, bad, but bad I thought team. that you know he was pretty good. There was this one play in the first half that, he escaped the rush, stepped up in the pocket, and threw off his back foot to Elijah Moore. And it was a 50-yard pass off his back foot, and Elijah Moore dropped it, a guy who I had high hopes for. Everybody in camp said this guy was great, and he dropped it, and I just felt bad for Zach. But Zach Wilson, I think, granted, you know, everything that happened, the offensive line being so bad, receivers dropping balls, and I don't think Mike LaFleur did him any favors calling plays either. Agreed. I thought this was a good game for him as a rookie. And this is why I ranked the number one in my uh, in my quarterback rankings. So I gave him a B minus. You know, I think, like you said, the first half, he practically <laughs> didn't do anything. He didn't put no impact on the game. But granted, given the team, the offensive line wasn't there. His weapons wasn't helping out too much. I still think he rallied. And his perseverance in the second half and getting them into the game was what I boosted him back up to a B. You know, granted, the stats don't look too great, but if you watch the full game, you know, you see he played well and he played with the rest and poise. So I gave him a B minus. I'm actually going to have him at a B as well. <clears throat> Completion percentage obviously could be better. It's around 54%. The one, I, the one interception was pretty bad. He just kind of threw it right at him. But other than that, he made some really difficult throws. There was some. There was ones in particular where the, the he snaps the ball. The O line. The O line immediately collapses. He's about to get hit. He steps up. He realizes that the pocket is about to collapse. He steps up as he's taking the hit. Throws it sidearm around like 35, 40 yards. Hits the dude right in the chest. One of the most ridiculous throws I've ever seen a rookie make. Josh no, Allen, like was, Mahomes, like saying Josh Allen. <laughs> it, it's deserved now, but it is Mahomes. No, that incredible Mahomes, Rodgers. 
It was o- am- only he can make for real. those throws. It was a am- it was amazing to see. And you mentioned that Elijah Moore throw too. Elijah Moore was disappointing. We're going to talk about him a little bit, but Zach Wilson put on a, a really good showing in that second half uh, for a rookie performance as good as you could ask for. The INT hurts, but you know he's a rookie. He's going to go through those mistakes, especially with the O line being what it is for the Jets, and that's not great. So I'm going to give Zach Wilson a B. I mean, he probably, if he doesn't throw that INT, we're probably looking at a B plus, maybe A minus. If he had a better first half, also, but I feel like a B more than respectable. If this was last year, we would have gotten blown out in this game and, and gotten shut out with Adam no, Gates. Sure. But Zach Wilson showed toughness, and man, this reminds man, this me of that good. Bills. Jets game, first week of the season. I mean, Sam Darnold almost blew the lead again. Yeah. yeah. Reminds me that, that that's what it was. Uh, they were comfortable there. It was a comfortable win. Yeah, I guess, you know, not in the second half. We definitely get we definitely gave him some For pressure. Sure. For sure. Yeah. We gave, some, gave him some pressure. So next on the list, Kyle Pitts. He was the fourth overall pick, drafted by Atlanta. The Falcons opted to not go quarterback and draft him instead. Obviously, he was perceived as a generational tight end. But I think this game, his debut, I'm giving him a D. Uh, four receptions, 31 yards. Looking at him and his body type in the NFL and just how I saw him compared to other guys on the field, he doesn't look like a tight end. Like, he doesn't – I don't see him and see Kittle, body type, Waller, I Kelsey. Receiver. I see a receiver. Yeah. And that kind of scares me because I know Kyle Pitts is a great athlete, but there is a difference between being a great athlete as a tight end and a receiver. I'm not sure if he makes that transition to a receiver. He's going to be as effective, but I'm going to give him time. This game was a D for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to give him a C minus considering the things he played. You know, four receptions. It wasn't all that great, but, you know, our, it was a blowout. And Matt Ryan didn't see much time. Our defense wrecked havoc on him. So I really can't fully give him a bad grade. Like, you gave him a D, but I'm going to give him a C because at times he was getting open. Matt Ryan just couldn't see him. He was breaking down one-on-one coverage, but he just couldn't, you know, Matt Ryan couldn't get him, so I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I feel like it's pretty much in the same vicinity you guys are saying. I'd lean a little bit more D range just because he really didn't leave an impact on the game, but none of the Falcons did, so it's really hard to give him a true grade just because the the Eagles just had the Falcons swarmed on all aspects of the field, offense, defense. Falcons really just couldn't get anything going. But, you know, you you get at, at least you get a few receptions in your debut, four receptions firm. 31 yards, pretty firm. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more from both him and Ridley, but I feel like D is is around what I'd probably lean just because there were better, way better performances for rookies. Now to the fifth overall pick, Jamar Chase. Here we go. Jamar Chase, Here we you go. Know, I'm giving him an A+. Rightfully I think Jamar so. Chase, five receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown. We're going to talk about the Bengals later on. Okay. Jamar Chase was phenomenal. Mm, he was. He, he was next-level special, and... You know, before the draft, I said, if I'm the Bengals, I'm drafting Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. You know, even though Panay Sewell had a great debut, you know, shout out to Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater because they both had A-plus debuts. But I just thought the connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was too good to pass up on. Mm-hmm. This guy's this guy's good, man. Yo, you're good. You're good. I, all good. right. Don't. Can I go? Do you no, mind? No. Go ahead. Do your thing. Now, I'm just going to get really right to it. <laughs> Is Auden Tate doing that? If he's given the opportunity, he could. In, in his first game ever? I don't know about the first game ever. Go but, for six and 101. But right now, if you give Auden Tate those snap counts and those targets, mm-hmm. he could go Is for Is he it. making Patrick Peterson look like he's never played football before? 
Probably not, but he's definitely catching passes over Patrick Peterson. Definitely. And Brashawn Breland, yeah. he's making him hey, look Bashaw, like a fool I mean, also. That play, Joe Burrow explained it, and it was a great explanation because I listened to the post-game press conference. And this is what I, I'm going I'm to tell the story later on in the show, too. Joe Burrow, what I love about him most is that he's a film junkie. Mm-hmm. He's never faced Bashawn Breland in his entire career. Mm-hmm. But he knows his tendencies. Bashawn Breland is an aggressive corner. He goes for interceptions. On that play, Joe Burrow gave him a little a little pump, and Jamar Chase broke free because Bashad Breland was sitting on a short route. He was sitting on a short route, and that allowed Jamar Chase to get open down the field. So, I mean, you know, Bashad Breland, yeah, I guess, but he's just an aggressive corner, and, you know, that touchdown was more due to the fact that Bashad Breland overplayed the play, and he got beat. But, you know, mm. if is in that same position – you know, he probably gets beat sitting on the same route. I'm just saying, you know, Alden Tate is good, man. Don't sleep on Alden Tate. He's good, man. Thank you. Um, Jamar Chase, obvious A-plus performance. That's yep. without question. There's no doubt. Five catches, seven targets, 101, 50-yard 50 50 bomb. Just what you couldn't dream, just dream of an amazing game for a rookie. He exceeded that. Mm. I just can't believe that, you know, all the the hype that was not the hype, the the scrutiny that he had faced prior to the to week one, you know, can't catch the ball. I was I I gave him some some stuff for it too, and rightfully so. Preseason he looked terrible, and week one comes out and basically tells everyone, don't say a word, don't put people like Auden Tate on my level, because <laughs> I'm, cl- do that. I'm clearly a top a top five pick. In the draft for a reason. Yeah, nobody would do that. No. Jamar Chase is special. No, with, he's special. Yeah. No, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that up as a solo video either. I, w- like I if wanna... that was if that was on a podcast, that's getting lost in the podcast. <laughs> that's not getting put on in a single clip. But I would have put it on, but I, I was busy this week. Uh huh. Yeah, I believe I it. I believe it. it was the only one that was not put up, <clears throat> along with some other things that were said in that video. I mean, a Washington video it. wasn't put up either. I'm just saying. Ah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put it's up. Okay. I didn't no, put up hey, any hey, of the basketball stuff right. too. That's all right. Um, Busy week this week. But man, this was the performance of the weekend for any rookie in my in my personal opinion. Just as good as you could ask for. Just one of the main contributors to this win for the Bengals. Just a plus for sure. I wouldn't say this was the best performance by a rookie, but this was one no, of the this, best. This this class. Oh yeah, I still wouldn't say it. Okay. This class. This is definitely one of the best. I'm gonna give him an a plus because I feel like. All the talk, like you said, all the talks in the preseason, you know, people to the left of me overreacting to the preseason, you know, talk about, yeah, I'm overreacting to this. You know, people talking about he can't catch and this, that, and the third. I, listen. Twitter Jam- trolls, man. Jamar Chase is a stud, man. He played phenomenal. You know, you see, you've seen against Patrick Peterson, he made him look like he didn't play in the league Not in separation. Like, he was looking really good. And, I, and this, you know, this offense is really good with those three guys clicking, T. Higgins, Tyler Board, now Jamar Chase. Hopefully Tate can get in there, and then they'll have four receivers clicking. But I'll definitely give him an A-plus because he played great. Yeah, Jamar Chase was special, man. And it just goes to show you that preseason doesn't matter much because Panay Sewell was labeled as a bust in preseason yeah. as well. And you I was, are crazy. I didn't label Jamar Chase a bust. You literally said you here. You know how many snaps? I'm overreacting you know, to preseason. You know how many That's snaps Auden Tate had yes, on, on Sunday? What, like 10? Eight. Auden Tate had eight snaps? Eight snaps. That's a disgrace. Is look it? who's, look who's in front of him. It's like, bro, he's not touching the field over. Forget about Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. There's no chance he's he sniffing traded. the field. He's gonna show his worth. <laughs> and the Jets to trade for him. I've been and oh, hopefully, God. hopefully, he plays just as well as Jamar Chase. 
No, he's not as good as Jamar Chase. But no, I'm he's saying. just as good, though. No, he's not. He's definitely just not. as good, apparently. You, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah. I'll drop the time stamp, man. That is comical, just admit, That was bro. a bad take. That was a really bad That's take. That's all right, bro. You just that take was a your, really bad eh, take. I, I'm just saying with equal opportunity, I could see Auden Tate doing something. Being oh just as good. That's God. what you said. You said Auden Tate was just as good. For one game, I could see. I mean, I never said Jamar Chase didn't have more potential. He no, yeah, does. yeah. But you, you said, said just Auden Tate was just as good as Jamar Chase. at this point in time. At this one doesn't even one has still, played, one has played eight snaps. It's one game, man. Oh it's one God. game. Can we, never had a game so like this. I'm reacting to preseason overreact. Well, he never had a game with 100 plus yards. Has he? I don't know. You tell me. You're the Auden Tate fanboy. I'm not sure. Let me research that in a <laughs> bit when we get to the next uh, okay. segment. But all I'm saying is that, you know, yes, I said I was overreacting preseason, but I didn't call any rookie a boss in the preseason. No, of course not. But Panay Sewell, I think. He was phenomenal, too. He finally switched from right tackle to left tackle, and he held his own against Nick Bosa. But let's get on to the next receiver, Devonta Smith. Six receptions, 71 yards, one touchdown. I'm giving this guy an A. And this guy was called too skinny for the NFL. A lot of pre-draft knocks were made about him, but he is a slim reaper. And this guy ran crisp routes and... He he's he's great, man. He's great, and I think the Eagles finally got the number one receiver Thank for sure. God, it's been years, but yeah, I give him. Alshon was firm. What? Alshon was firm. He, he was wasn't good. a number one. He won a Super Bowl for y'all, but he wasn't even. Alshon one. was number one for two two seasons, bro. No, what Just I mean by no, no what I mean by that is like he wasn't like a number one. Like he was our number one, but he wasn't okay. like a number one. I got one. you. I get you. But Realistically, Zach Ertz was our number one. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, Devonta. Hey, hey, hey. He dominated. You know, I, I I'm gonna. He's the best route runner in his class. Like by far, he is the best route runner in his class. Slim Reaver, rightly deserved. The real. Yeah. The, no. Sure it's Katie's the real. No, he's not. No, he's not. Stop. No, he's not. But yeah, Devonta. He did his thing. Getting separation. You know, getting open, scoring that TD, having those yards. I, I feel like this is this is what Eagles fan. You know, granted, still the Falcons. We gotta wait and see. We got Niners this week. They have no Verrett, though, so it's lit. But, you know, Devonta is definitely somebody we needed in getting that number one secured. So I give him that A for sure. A for I can't give him an A plus because I, I gave Jamar Chase an A plus, and I do think that he did have the best performance. So I have to give Devonta Smith an A. First reception being a touchdown. You couldn't ask for a better, you know, first possession in your entire career. Eight targets, six receptions, no drops, which is a big, big key too. Jamar Chase actually had zero drops, also, and seventy-one yards and a touchdown. He really just left his impact on the game as much as he could. Was the was probably the best weapon for Philadelphia that day too. Obviously, it it showed that Hurts and him had an immediate connection. Even though Devonta had some missed some time early in training camp, showed that it didn't matter just because how special Devonta Smith is. And you mentioned it. He is the primary target for you guys, is a true number one in this league. And I will say he probably one day will be top seven receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I'm glad you said for that. For sure. And his teammate Jalen Waddle, four receptions, 61 yards, a touchdown. He had this circus-like catch and bailed out Tua on that play as well because he's just a final playmaker. I'm going to give him a bleep B+. Plus, but, you know, gave Jamar an A+, plus, gave Devonta an A+. Jalen Waddle's getting a B plus, but I do think even if I'm looking at it from a analytical perspective and just analyzing it, I think Jalen Waddle probably had a slightly better game than Devonta Smith, 
Jalen Waddle just didn't get the targets. But I do think that his, the plays that he made an impact on, they were they were more eye popping. You know, outside of that Devontae touchdown, which was kind of just a great play design that got him wide open. I think Jalen Waddle made more eye popping plays than Devonta. Yeah, Devonta was a lot of methodically just breaking down his man, getting these short routes. But Waddle, B plus. You know, I think given the fact that Stop stealing my grades, man. Stealing <laughs> I'm my, supposed to go first. So really, you're stealing my grades. But um, you know, Waddle, I think, yeah, B plus. I think given the fact that he played one of the best secondaries in the NFL, this was his first game. Mm-hmm. He did for the targets he got, he made it work. And like you said, he bailed two out on a few catches. So for that, you got to up his grade up. So I think considering the fact that, like you, like I said, playing one of the best secondaries in the league, having to bail out his quarterback, that was a rugged, tough defensive game too, and he saved Tua a few times. I gave him a B plus. I'm a little bit of a harsh critic. I'm going to give Jan Wallet a B, and it's just because of the drop that he had on third down. It was wide open by himself, right in the numbers, just dropped it. And it's going to happen. Obviously, one drop, you'll live with it, but the most drops that we saw this week was two. So already he's... Right, pretty high on that list. Uh, James Robinson, too, which another disappointment. But he had an excellent game. The touchdown that he had showed how dynamic of a player he is. Uh, the ball that he, the, the catch that he made over the top. I, I don't know which uh, corner it was, but Tua put it in a perfect spot for Jalen to just go up and make a play, and that's exactly what he did. 60, 61 yards, around 60 yards, only four receptions. But you like to see six targets, obviously going to him right away, showing that the injury that he had coming back out of college, he's fully he looks fully recovered from that. His route running looked very good. So overall, the drop lowers the grade for me a little bit, but B is more than firm. So Auden Tate had 98. in 2019, six receptions, 88 yards, and 50 yards, and 20, 26, and 91 yards, and 65, and 65. It's a kind way of saying he's never had a game like Jamar Chase. Well, he was playing with Andy Dalton. Okay. In 2019, Andy Dalton wasn't good. I'm just saying. So basically, he never had an ER game. No. <laughs> but if he was playing with Joe Burrow, he would Why would you tell us the 88 The ifs and buts, all this stuff. Just I mean, say. he had some good games, though. I'm just saying, Auden Tate gets the opportunity. No, it's okay. He had some good games. He, he just did. never had a, good, a game as good as... Auden Tate's a good receiver, Jamar man. Chase. Yo, you keep on sleeping. I wasn't when, saying when he, he wasn't. He get, you know when, what's funny? You can go back and watch for the real fans that actually want to watch Joel low-key embarrass himself. <laughs> but... If you go back and watch, I say Auden Tate's a solid receiver. To compare him to Jamar Chase is where things get out of hand. <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, <laughs> drop the timestamp, guys. If you really want me to, but it's all yeah, right. They can find it. So on to the last player, uh, quarterback Alabama, Mac Jones. That was a nice little um, presentation you had for Mac. You went, like it? Yeah, you went a little over edge for him. Just everybody else is kind of just regular, you know. Well, Mac Jones did have the best performance out of anybody, considering the circumstances. Situation. Even the receivers. Um, like I give Mac Jones an A. He yeah. didn't get an A plus, but mm. you know we're talking about wide receiver versus Agreed. quarterback. Agreed. What's Different a harder vibe. position yeah. to play? For sure. Quarterback for sure. Definitely. Mac Jones. I said it before. I say it again. He looked next level special, and I, I want to save most of what I'm going to say for when we talk about Mac versus Tua. But Mac looked. Phenomenal, and it it sucks so much that I'm a Jets fan, and my <laughs> rivals are supposed to be the Patriots. Because I'll be honest, you know what the Patriots are building right now, I love and Mac Jones. I loved him pre-draft. He went to New England, and just because he went to New England doesn't mean I'm gonna you know get off the train of Mac in terms of hyping him up because I think he's gonna be a phenomenal quarterback. But what I saw from him. I saw a, a Pro Bowl quarterback sooner rather than later. 
I'll say three years minimum, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Three years. That's it. Maybe less. He's that good. A plus. This is who I thought had the best rookie performance. Ooh, yeah, I okay. thought Mac Jones, given the fact that, you know, like you said, quarterback position, tough position. Air. He played Miami. You know, Miami's that's no slouch defensively. They're a really good team on the defensive side. I thought he played phenomenal. You know, he did his thing. He was was very poised. He walked into that game. He looked like a veteran already in his debut. So yeah. I, I got to give him the A+. Plus. He played well. He, we'll get to that later, but I feel like he was the best quarterback that day against Miami. For rookies go, it's an A. I can't give him the plus because no. he didn't win. The completion percentage was great. The yards was great. The touchdown was great. Would have liked to see another one. Obviously, no interceptions. Really didn't make any bad throws. Made a bunch of smart decisions. If he would have got the win, easy A+. plus. But since that, A. Oh, just for the win? I, I just give me, him an extra plus. Then Trevor Lawrence, you get an F. No, Trevor got a C+. I mean, I mean, for me, if if it wasn't even about the win. If Mac Jones just scored one more touchdown, he got an A+. Plus no, for, for sure. That. Yeah, it wasn't even about the win for me. Okay, they should have won. It was a combination of both. He only had one touchdown. Wasn't really making any deep type throws. Just making the smart throws, which I'm fine with, especially as a rookie. You don't need to do too much, especially the offense that he's in. But didn't end up coming up with the W. Only threw for one touchdown. And before moving on to the next segment, a quick shout out to Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater. No doubt about that. Panay Sewell held up his own against Nick Bosa. Washington literally moved Chase to the other side to match up with Bulaga because Rashawn Slater Had him in hell. was on his ass. Yeah. I mean, Rashawn Slater, even in college when he faced up yep, against Chase showed Young, that. he beat him. Mm-hmm. Rashawn Slater had 49 pass, block, pass blocking snaps and gave up no pressures. Mm. The Chargers are legit this season, and Rashawn Slater, man. Big part of that. He's going to be a big part of it. He's going to be their franchise left tackle for years to come. He's, he's next oh, he level special. special. Yep. On to the surprises of the weekend. There were a bunch of them, right? You know, the Cardinals beating the Titans that we mentioned earlier, the Texans beating the Jaguars. So, Riv, tell me, what was the most surprising outcome this weekend for you or this weekend plus Monday? Because, you know, there was a Monday night football game. Oh, well, me personally, since I was watching it so heavily, the Cardinals blowing out the Titans, you know, like I said before, I thought it was going to be a close game. Even I had another one. It was it was really the Cardinals and the Eagles blowing out both the opponents. You know, I didn't think Arizona was going to come out and punch them in the mouth. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, Chandler, for them to be effective that game and to win that game, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt was going to have to do damage on the offensive line, but I didn't expect them to do it that bad. I still thought it would be a shootout. I thought Julio would have a better connection with Ryan Tannehill. I thought he would put in more pain. A.J. Brown looked like himself. You know, he looked like the regular dominating strong A.J. He just they didn't have much time. And that's because of Chandler Jones. So I, the, and the Eagles, I thought it was going to be, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, we was going to go in there. We haven't won in Atlanta in a long time. It was going to be a tough game. We, was, I still I had us winning, you know, bet on us winning. But I didn't think we was going to beat them 32-6. to six. You know, I thought Javon Hargrave, he came out. He played better than Fletcher that day. I didn't expect that to happen. Our O-line was like the same O-line it has been. Our young receivers came to play. So those are my two surprises. Just going to backpack off of his. My surprise is just on the opposite side of the Arizona game. It's going to be the Titans offense. Never would have expected them to put 13 points up, especially with the addition of Julio Jones. Obviously, I thought that would relieve some pressure off A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had a decent game. Eight targets, four receptions, around 40 yards. Had a touchdown, but would have liked to see him have a little bit more impact. Would have liked to see everyone have a little bit more impact. Derrick Henry only had around 50 rushing yards, had 17 attempts. Saw some work in the passing game, only only uh, only three receptions, four targets, which is 
more than what he usually gets because he's obviously that bruiser-type running back. And Tannehill, I understand that he didn't have a lot of time, but even still, I get that Derrick Henry is a running-type back, and, and that's his primary focus, but he's still capable of catching the ball. If you see that you're under pressure, see the flat, do something that's not going to get you on your behind. He looked, he looked. I want to say, I don't want to say terrible. They looked bad as a whole. Only 21 to 35, had about 200 yards, had a passing and a rushing touchdown, did have an interception. I was just stunned to see Julio not have an impact on this game at all. Julio looked sorry. Not sorry, but for Julio Jones's standards, sorry. he looked sorry. He had a bad uh, uh, penalty on him, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that Mike Vrabel was very vocal about in the pre- in the press conference, saying that it's not something that we teach and that's something to look into for the future. Who knows how that relationship's going to 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 manage with that? Julio's a professional, so he'll probably handle it well. But you never like to have a prime time star like that get get bashed. So that was definitely my surprise. My biggest surprise was the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Ravens 33 to 27 in overtime. Yep. And I think this was the game of the week. You know, the entire week one, I thought this was the best game of the week outside of Cleveland versus Kansas City. Even though uh, this was Dallas right there. You say Bucks and Tampa was, was a movie. Dallas and Tampa was a great game, too. There was just something about this game and of the, underdog the ups mentality. and downs, the roller coaster. I mean, I think the odds of the chances of the Raiders winning fluctuated so much. Derek Carr throwing that red zone interception in overtime. <laughs> then Lamar Yo, fumbling. Was, was on fire that yeah, day, definitely. bro. There was so much that went on in that game. I think it was the best game of week one. I was in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. And when I was in Vegas, I felt the passion for the Raiders when I was there. Nice. <laughs> I felt the passion. And these fans deserve a winning football team. You know, whether it's in Oakland or Las Vegas the Raiders for the past like 16 seasons have not been good. Their best season was in 2016 with Derek Carr. He that was, was on an MVP trajectory, but sadly he got injured and then they had to have Connor Cook play, I believe, in the playoff game. And that was the year I thought the Raiders could have really did some damage. John Gruden, since he's been in, in Las Vegas, they have never finished the season strong, but in 2019 and 2020, they have started six and four. In 2019, I picked them to make the playoffs. Then they fumbled down the stretch. 2020, I was smarter. I said, nope, I've seen this before. I'm going to ease down. I don't think they're going to make it. But this year feels kind of different. And I think every single team in the AFC West is really good. The Chargers, the Chiefs, the Broncos with Teddy Von Miller was seen uh, pep talking Teddy and saying, I haven't seen something like that since Since 18 18 was here. You know, he gave Teddy high praise. And then you have the Raiders. With Darren Waller, I think, being the second-best tight end in football, if not the third, you know, you got Henry Ruggs, who's, who can take the top off the defense. And I'm Brian playing Edwards. Brian, Brian Edwards, Edwards, who I was very high on Brian Edwards coming into the season. Even last year as a rookie, I'm glad he broke out in the fourth and overtime. Yep. And it was on, like, the final drives of the game. Both of them, yeah. I think the Raiders have something good going. Their offensive line didn't look as bad as advertised. You know, Alex Otherwood held up pretty good. And I think their defense looks much better. And if their defense can be that good for the entire season, I think they have something because I was surprised by this, but Clellan Farrell didn't suit up and he was active. He was he you know was why? he was healthy and active, which means that he could have went, but they decided to not let him go. Fourth overall pick in the draft. 
I'm not sure why, mm-hmm. but Yannick Ngakwe getting him and him having six pressures, then Max Crosby having 13 pressures and, and winning on Villanueva the entire day. I mean, Villanueva is washed at this point. Last year in Pittsburgh, he was bad. And Nassib having the game-winning fumble strip sack, basically. I mean, the Raiders were phenomenal down the stretch. And I think the reason why this was the best game of the week for me is because we got the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning broadcast. And I think that's what made it phenomenal. If if, if you were watching Monday Night Football and weren't watching that broadcast, I don't know what you were doing. That, that was the broadcast to watch, having Ray Lewis, Kelsey, Russell Wilson, Charles Barkley, and them just explaining football. And, you know, it felt like a natural environment. Mm-hmm. And I was actually having this thought that maybe broadcasting is probably going to go in that direction in the future, you know, because when you hear broadcasters, they do an amazing job, no disrespect to them. But I think nowadays people much rather just learn about the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. get real explanations because these analysts and color commentators and, and play-by-play analysts, you know, they explain things, but they aren't that very good at explaining things. They, You know, if you listen to them talk about it, you're probably not going to get the right information, you know. Mm-hmm. I, a main example is, is Booger. <laughs> yeah. But just to backpack I, off that, though, I was actually just mentioning to you about I'm more of an offensive type guy. Fantasy football has made me cater more to the offense as opposed to the defense. I know defenses as a whole, not schemes, not individuals. Listening to Peyton, listening to Eli, listening to Russell, as the second the, the play starts to develop, they see the defense, they're immediately able. Cover zero, cover two, they're in a zone. And it, and it was just un, it was crazy to me as someone who really struggles with identifying defenses because defenses do such a great job of of hiding coverages. It was great for me to hear two well two of the greatest in and Payton and Russ and Eli obviously a future Hall of Famer just the three of them together that tandem explaining it to me someone who actually does know the game but can know it a little bit better you can. Just from listening to them talk for for 20, 30 minutes, you learn so much that you thought that you knew that they just enhanced that times 30. It was special to see, and I hope that they continue to do that. It was great to see them play-by-play explain how this happened, why it happened, and how they could have avoided certain situations. And I have two questions for you guys. One about the Raiders and one about that broadcast. Okay. The first one I'm going to talk about, the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning broadcast. They put it on ESPN2 for that Monday Night Football in week one, but I believe it's going to be ESPN Plus exclusive, which means that you got to buy the subscription to pay. Is that something that you would pay for for a Monday Night Football broadcast? I already have ESPN Plus. (laughs) I was going to say, and you're also asking the wrong guy. Peyton Manning is my guy. I will 100% just to pick his brain a little bit yeah. more and understand why he approached the game the way he did or how, you know, he took that approach to the game. I'll definitely pay the money I for already that. have it because, like, I like to watch college games. And the games that don't get on TV go on ESPN+. Plus. So, like, it could be, like, the mid-majors. I like to watch those games, so I have it regardless. Second question. Will the Raiders make the playoffs this year? Riv, your first overreaction to week one was that they will. And Raiders fans were very critical of our video when we talked about their team and our record predictions for them. And you were the one that said no, yeah, I was they, the main guy. they would win zero games within their division. Water. I was spit up my yeah. water. Yeah, which, nah. which means they're not they can't beat the Chargers or the Broncos or the Chiefs once. 
But now you think they're going to make the playoffs, so explain that. <laughs> Damn, you got it's all right, bro. Just stay strong. Nah, you put me on the spot. Oh um, No, listen, I was very critical of their team. I just ain't seen no, you know, in the offseason, I didn't see them make any major moves for me to really solidify. But, you know, you watched them play against a really tough team in Baltimore, a team that we all thought were going to make the playoffs, you know, a team that's been they competitive. Yeah, a team that's been very competitive over the last two, three seasons. They have a top eight quarterback in Lamar Jackson, a very, very, very stout defense. So I just think, you know, right now, you're looking at the team, they beat Baltimore. Why can't they beat? You know Denver. Why can't they beat the Chargers? I don't know about the Chiefs. They beat them last year, but I don't. I don't know about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are really a different beast. But Derek Carr looks rejuvenated. He looks better. You know, still one game, but Derek Carr looks rejuvenated. He looks better. Henry Ruggs, though that receiving court, but it's young, but it looked a lot better than it has been looking. Henry Ruggs, he didn't play beautiful, but you know, he you see the improvement. Like you said, Brian Evans, that defense was good. It played to an improvement. It looked better than what the paper, like, well, on paper they looked bad, but it looked yeah. much better than what the paper is saying. And, and I think Gus Bradley defensively did an amazing job. You know, I I think the cover three scheme is, is outdated, but obviously he knows how to call the game. And, and going back and looking at his statistics with the Chargers, they gave up points, but they didn't give up much yardage, <laughs> which means that the big plays are what really hurt them in terms of, you know, scoring those points. But Gus Bradley is respected. And I do think he's going to turn this defense around and at least make them better than what they've been in years past. So I want your unbiased take, Drew, because you're okay. a Broncos fan. Yeah, I am. Uh, even though Raiders fans thought that we were all donkey fans, but yeah. no, I'm not a Broncos fan. He's not a Broncos fan. You are a Broncos I fan. I am. All bias aside, okay. you have to pick the Raiders versus the Broncos. Let's just say hypothetically week 17 game. This game is to make it into the playoffs. All bias aside, who do you think would win that game? I think the Broncos definitely pull it out. It's a matter of fact that our defense is better than theirs. Our offense looked damn good against the Giants, given the fact the Giants' defense is good. It's yeah. a solid it is defense. Good. It is good. And we lit them up. Teddy Bridgewater had an amazing game. He had this one play where he, on fourth and one, fakes a play action, stiff arms a dude, throws a touchdown. I was freaking out. I was in the stands. Giants fans hated me. They wanted me out of there. Oh, you were at the game? I was. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was lit. Mad lit. And um, talking, going to the Raiders now, their defense, the adjustments they made coming out of half was very impressive because Lamar could do whatever he wanted in that first half. He was scrambling out of the pocket. He was making throws on the run. He was obviously doing what he does with his legs, making defenders look silly. But that didn't, that didn't, shake the Raiders at all that second half they came in they had a game plan they followed it they they made Lamar uncomfortable we saw Lamar miss some easy throws also to 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 not give the Raiders over too much credit Lamar missed some easy throws and that also benefited them Lamar seemed rattled in that second half but overall I'm taking the Broncos I feel as if we're more we're the more complete team they might have the better weapon in Darren Waller for sure because Darren Waller is a special type player We'll have Judy back by then. Corlin's son yeah, is going to be uh, Waller's. He is a different no, no, no. level. Oh no, than I'm, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that sentiment. That being said, Jerry Judy had an impact on that Giants game he before good. he went out. He had seventy something yards, and then had a what looked like his ankle was backwards. I was sitting in that stands freaking out, but thankfully he's okay. He's only going to miss like four weeks. But now KJ had a bad drop, but he was playing a solid game up until that drop because all people remember from KJ is that drop. But we have good weapons. Corlin Sutton, obviously, Fant had a solid game. Teddy already showed that Fant, he he, he can trust I him love, here. I love that you're going off about the game. 
But you're picking the Broncos no, to beat oh, the Raiders. No, I'm just saying, overall, I just think, because the defense is obvious. Yeah, I have a way it's just, and, and For sure, it's just going to come down to if our offense can keep up. And from what I saw against the Giants, a solid defense in the league, we could do that with any team. I'm not sure if I'm ready to overreact like you didn't say they're going to make the playoffs. But I, I definitely do think they have a shot. And I'm rooting for them to make it because Derek Carr is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the entire NFL the Raiders have had bottom 20 defenses every single year of Carr's career, and he's still been able to manage, which is why if this year they can just be top 15, not even like just not be 20 and below, yeah. they can be a really good team. And Derek Carr can lead them to the playoffs. That's how good he is. Do you believe they could do that? I do. With, okay. with Gus Bradley in their scheme, and it really it's on. It depends on the development of their younger corners like Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen. I do think that... Casey Hayward was a, was a pretty good pickup. Yep. He was in Gus Bradley's scheme with the Chargers, so he's familiar with the scheme, and he can teach it to the young guys. So I think it can happen, mm-hmm. but it has to be a collective effort. If their pass rush is, is as good week to week, not even as good because, I mean, they were next level good. Definitely. If they're just good to great week to week, they have a chance on defense to, to make key stops every single week and, and force turnovers. So I do think it's possible. Okay, that they make that they're a top twenty defense. Do you think that they can make the playoffs? I do think they can make the playoffs. Okay, yeah. over us. That's a tough one. Uh, it comes back to quarterback matches for me. I'm taking Carl over Teddy. Duh. If it if it has to go down to it, Duh. the Chargers is where I struggle with because I I wouldn't put them over the Chargers. I wouldn't either. But it, it it's gonna come down to the wire though. But I will say we didn't have Chubb and our pass rush was still effective. Von Miller looked like Von Miller still. Before going on to the next topic, I want to get your take on this because you had a, a TikTok go viral because you explained your frustration about mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater getting the starting job over Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. So after seeing Teddy Bridgewater win this game against the Giants and have the performance that he had, and Von Miller saying to him, I haven't seen that since Peyton Manning was Which here. Which is crazy, man. What are your thoughts on Teddy starting over Drew Locke now? I still stand firm on what I said. I Teddy had a great game for sure. And the best way to sound so critic like me is to have a game the way that he did. But regardless of that, Teddy has put up numbers like he did on Sunday. Two hundred and eighty some yards, two touchdowns. That's that's a Teddy Bridgewater type stat line. Yeah. It's not what I wasn't expecting out of te- Teddy. It's not like I was here saying Teddy Bridgewater is gonna be bad. That's not what I was saying at all. What I was saying was Drew Locke has a potential that people have this idea of when they dropped the, the top 50 most important uh, players in the NFL and Drew Locke was like 30th on that list at one point, people had this expectation that Drew Locke really could be a special type player. I wouldn't have minded one more four or five game stretch of giving him a chance to see if he really could reach that potential. But Teddy Bridgewater got the gig. He did exactly what I, I pretty much imagined what he would do. Teddy Bridgewater type game. And it's going to work out for us. We're, we're going to probably sneak into the playoffs in a wild card. I don't see us winning the division over the Chiefs because they're unbelievable. But we can make some noise. I, I mean, do you I, think uh, like we, we know what Teddy has been throughout his career? Yeah. He's been a steady but not great quarterback. Correct. Do you think that he can change that with the Broncos this season? I mean, because I'm just saying, That's tough. If if we look at this objectively, yeah. Pat Shermer is the offense coordinator for the Broncos. And I'm not a fan of his. I like Pat Shermer. I'll be honest. Yeah. Daniel Jones' rookie year, he almost set the rookie touchdown record, and Pat Shermer was his OC. Pat Shermer leaves the Giants. Now Daniel Jones 
has more turnovers and touchdowns in the season yep. and has regressed since being a rookie. Pat Shermer is in Denver, and he didn't like Drew Locke. He didn't trust him in the offense. The offense didn't look good. And now sure. Teddy in his first game, the offense looks like it's clicking. Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings when Case Keenum had his MVP-like season, when they had the Minnesota Miracle season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater can have a magical season like that? It's tough for me to say because, one, our O-line is is solid, but it could be better. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to be having to scramble a little bit more than I would like my quarterback to be scrambling if he's not already a mobile quarterback. Right. Judy getting getting hurt kills that type of momentum for me because Judy was immediately putting his impact onto the game. Now, I like K.J. Hamler. Obviously, he had that bad job, and I don't expect that to be something that we see reoccurring. Uh, and Corlin Sun is like that. However, he was on an island when he saw James Bradbury, and, and Bradbury is an elite corner in this league, so I got to give him his props there, but I would have liked to see him have some kind of impact on the game. He really didn't. Fant was solid. So it's not like he... Bridgewater still has weapons now that Judy's hurt. But the old line still holds me back a little bit. Ah, It's tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say yes. Because of the weapons that we have, Melvin Gordon showed that he is a, still a solid running back. Javante Williams could have had a better debut. But overall, given the fact that our defense is going to give him time to, to chill out, you know, he can run the offense... That was a big part of our thing, too, and I'll, I'll digress after this, but we were on the field for so long. The Giants really couldn't get anything going offensively. We would have the ball 65 70% of the quarter, and then they'd have two, three series, and then they were off the field. Teddy did a great job of managing that game against the Giants, so it, it is possible that he puts us in positions to win a lot of games. So I do think that it's possible that he has that type season. The Broncos are in this scenario where Vic Fangio, I think, as a defensive mind and a defensive coordinator, he's great. I agree wholeheartedly. As a head coach, I'm not sure how good he's going to be. Okay. Pat Shermer, the same thing. Pat Shermer as an OC and a play caller is really good. With the Giants, forced to be a head coach, he doesn't really have that leadership to him, so he didn't fail. Also, the Giants weren't that good. But Daniel Jones did have a great rookie season with Pat Shermer as OC, and in 2017, the Vikings went 13-3, and and they had the 10th-ranked offense, and Case Keenum was an MVP candidate, had 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a 68% completion percentage. All I'm saying is that if Pat Shermer can make Case Keenum look like an MVP candidate, if he can make Daniel Jones look like he has potential to be a solid starter for years to come, I think with Teddy Bridgewater, Pat Shermer can turn him into a Pro Bowl-level quarterback consistently. Because yeah. we saw Teddy with be a Saints. Pro Bowler yep. before, but when he was a Pro Bowler with the Vikings, mm-hmm. it was when he, I mean, the stats were just underwhelming. You know, I, I it was kind of like that Mitch Trubisky Pro Bowl where, yeah, he made it, but he didn't really make it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think with Pat Shermer in Denver, I think as an offensive play caller, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we could see Teddy have a breakout season and, and really, you know, tur- be – the Broncos starting quarterback, not just this year, but for years to come. And last thing I'll say, when he was on the Saints and they put him in a position to be successful. 5-0. and He was. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. He was fantastic for them. Yep. And that's with a defense that gave him that ability to do whatever he wanted. 
it's weird when when you say that out loud. You think how does it relate? It the defense can put the ball back in your hands and you don't have to worry about, you know, scoring right away. You know, we have to keep up tit for tat with this other team. It allows you to play calm. You control the game. And that's what Teddy is. The his That's his strength, controlling a game. And we saw that crystal clear on Sunday against the Giants. And I looked at the roster too. And that year, the Vikings, Latavius Murray was their leading rusher. He was really good. Dalvin Cook was hurt, I believe, or he just didn't get much snaps. Jarek McKinnon was really Jarek solid. Jarek McKinnon was good. You look at Denver, they have two running backs who are really good. For sure. Wide receivers. Adam Thielen was the number one. Obviously, he's better than anybody on Minnesota. Uh-huh. Kyle Rudolph, I think Noah Fan and him are pretty similar. And then Stephon Diggs. I mean, 2017 Diggs versus what we think Judy can be is pretty similar to you know what the production they can have. So I'm just saying the offensive personnel is there, and, and that offensive line wasn't all too great. Yeah. So we could see Denver, you know, surprise some people and Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater, that offensive <laughs> and QB duo can be something. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm not I'm trying to jinx excited. you. I'm not trying to Thanks, jinx you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, bro. You know, I love the donkey. Donkey. <laughs> donkey. So another game that happened, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Minnesota Vikings. And <clears throat> this was another thriller, an overtime game. And the Vikings lost. I'm going to be objective here. The Vikings lost because Dalvin Cook fumbled. At least it was called a fumble on the field. But in my opinion, it wasn't a fumble. And if you rewatch the replay, Dalvin Cook was down. And he didn't fumble. But nonetheless, that that turnover led to the Bengals winning the game ultimately with McPiercing hitting the game-winning field goal. But Joe Burrow off of... Two AC, two knee yeah. surgeries, I believe MCL and ACL, or having two knee injuries, coming back in the first game, not even playing the preseason, but coming back in the first game and being phenomenal, having that connection with Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase having that criticism on him that he drops a bunch of balls in the preseason. The Bengals overcame a lot. And how big of a win do you think this was for Joe Burrow and the Bengals and their confidence moving forward? I'll start with you, Riff. Oh, this is a huge win. You know, like you said, Joe Burrow coming back from two knee surgeries, Jamar Chase, all the credits in the preseason. You know, Cincinnati hasn't been a good team for a couple seasons, and they've been waiting to, you know, get back to that playoff contention. I think this game, you know, just builds the confidence for these young guys because if you look at their offense, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, even that offensive line, you got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, a lot of young guys. You know, this is a very pretty a pretty young offense that's just starting with very each other. Young. And you even look at the defense, you know, Jesse Bates, you know, he's the one lone young guy out there, but still no, this on defense they have a lot of young guys too. Well, I'm saying the lone yeah. young star yeah. out there. So it's like you look at Did this. Did they team. lose William Jackson to the yeah. football yeah, team? Yeah, he's he's on, on, but uh, they, Washington. they gained Shadobe, Awuze, Mike Hilton. Okay. Yep. And Trey Waynes is healthy this year. Okay. So this team, it's young, but getting a win against a veteran team like Minnesota, a team who's projected to, you know, win a, a lot of games this year, and a team who's, in other people's eyes, are projected to win that division in a tough grind-out game that went to overtime, getting a win like this only builds your confidence in the division <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with the Baltimore Ravens, with Cleveland. You need these type of games to build your confidence up. So I think this is a big win for them. I think this is as big as it gets for them. Minnesota... Uh, Highly touted team coming into this season. You and me both have them. Uh, def- I think that they should make the playoffs after losing to the Bengals. I don't know. I still probably <laughs> think they'll make the playoffs, but Bengals, Bengals are a tough out. They no, for, they're a tough out for sure. But it's not like 
anyone really had the Bengals winning this game going into it. Nah, Vikings was pretty heavy favorite. For sure. Yeah, I didn't no, have no, neither did I. Now, I look at the offense, and obviously what's supposed to pop out to me, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon was fantastic. Led the league in rushing this week. Had led the league in broken tackles. I believe he had nine broken tackles. And this was huge to me because Joe Mixon was really facing a lot of criticism. I wouldn't say criticism, but I guess scrutiny is the word. You know, he really hasn't taken that superstar leap that people have kind of dawned upon him, that it's inevitable that he takes this leap. But I will give him the benefit of the doubt. The offensive line has never really been truthfully solid. He hasn't really had a quarterback that would allow. Dolan was okay, but really you're scheming for Joe Mixon. So he's facing a lot of defenses that are ready for whatever he, they're trying to do. And he got he, he's gotten clamped a decent amount of times in his career already. But to come out the gate week one against a revamped Minnesota defense and have over 100 rushing, what more could you really ask for from him? He had a, a star-studded game. Defense really stepped up. Thielen kind of gave them fits, but they did as good of a job as they could possibly do on Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, I know he had 10 fantasy points off the top of my head, but that's not beneficial for you guys. 71, that's still a solid game, but not, I guess, since Thielen went off, obviously Justin Jefferson's numbers were going to take a little bit of a hit to that too, but did a decent job on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had a a touchdown, obviously, but it wasn't the Dalvin Cook-type game that that, you you would— probably expect him to have against the Bengals. Bengals defense last year was pretty abysmal, so Dalvin probably would have torched them last year. But this season, they obviously showed that they're a new team and gives them the confidence going forward. Again, they were facing scrutiny, like I was saying uh, earlier about the Jamar Chase segment. They were, why did you draft Jamar Chase? You know, your your O-line is, is the problem. Why wouldn't you go and protect Joe Burrow? That's how he got hurt in the first place. And they go, and they have an amazing game winning overtime. Jamar has over 100. Joe Burrow uh, shows out in his in his return from the ACL. So this is a great win for them. And in the offseason, I didn't get that criticism because the Bengals made offensive line moves. They have um, Jonah Williams, who Returning. is a franchise mm-hmm. left tackle, who you know is a very young player. They signed Riley Reeve, who has been a, a solid player for the Vikings for years. And then you look at Trey Hopkins, their center, and yep. Quinn Spain at guard. And they have another guard who... I don't want to pronounce his name, but, you know, Bengals fans probably know who I'm talking about, but his name is hard to pronounce. He was solid. He won the job over um, Jackson Carmen, I believe, what a rookie. What position does he play? He plays guard. He's one. He's okay. opposite of a Quinn Spain. This was a great win for the Bengals, and, you know, Drew, I kind of disagree with you. And I, I think their defense was, was pretty solid last year considering, okay. you know, what they were dealing with in their personnel. Mm-hmm. I think that defensive front is really good. I mean, last year you have DJ Reader, who they signed to a big contract. Carl Lawson was there. Geno Atkins was still there. Mm-hmm. Sam Hubbard is a really good speedster at edge. But this year, Geno Atkins, they let him go. B.J. Hill stepped up. I mean, B.J. Hill won almost all of his reps against Ezra Cleveland. It wasn't even close. B.J. Hill was absolutely dominating that matchup. Jermaine Pratt was very good at linebacker. Their secondary held up. But I don't think this was a horrible game from the Vikings. In the first half, they had 10 penalties for over 100 yards. And... The Bengals scored 14 points in the first half with the five, with five, with three minutes left to go, which means that for the entire half they didn't score it, but in those th- in those three minutes they scored most of their points. In the second half, they didn't score much, you know. So if the Vikings could have <laughs> sure. just dimmed down those big plays from the Bengals, like that Jamar Chase touchdown, yep. they.
they probably win this game. Yeah. But penalties cost the Vikings, but I thought there was a lot of good things. Michael Pierce had two sacks coming off of not playing last year at all. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Thomason was solid. Daniil Hunter got but a sack in. Penalties from a disciplined and veteran team like that is bad, though. This is where I disagree with you. <clears throat> Offensively, yes, to an extent, but their defense is the one of the youngest groups in the NFL. Yeah. They're still very young. In the second half, they didn't have those penalties. Which Well, what, their corners are young, not their linebackers or D-line. DJ Wonham is a starting edge well, but they got rusher. Hunter, Pierce, uh, Barr, Hendricks, Smith is out there. So they got veterans out there that... You know what I'm saying? But you Happy. shouldn't be you shouldn't be getting penalties out there because you got. I'm not sure if they have actually. I might I might be switching my words. I'm not sure if they have the youngest defense. I think the youngest offense. Oh, because oh. their offensive line. Oh, it's young. Garrett offense Bradbury, young. Brian O'Neill is very. I mean, they young. have a young Ed, secondary outside like of Pat. Brian Pete. O'Neill, Ezra Cleveland, and Garrett Bradbury all have three years or less of experience oh, wow. in the NFL. Justin Jefferson. You know, it's probably just stealing, right? So, and and even even that tight end, you know, Jack Jack Conklin. I don't even know if that's his name. I think it's Tyler Conklin, and then Chris Herndon. They have a very young mm. offense, so that's where I think discipline factor comes into. But I think a big sign for the Vikings, a, a big positive sign, is that KJ Osborne solidified himself as a wide receiver three. He had a better game than Justin Jefferson, and KJ Osborne was phenomenal. But just to talk about the Bengals for a second, we know what Burrow and Chase did. It was phenomenal. I explained that that deep pass to to Chase earlier in the episode, but I'll explain it again. Burrow knew Breland was going to sit on the short route, and that's what led Chase to get open for that touchdown. And Burrow, he's never faced Bashad Breland in his career before. So for him to study that tendency from that particular player, it's just a testament to how great of a film studier he is. And he's a film junkie, and I think... The best trait about Joe Burrow is that every single week he's going to be prepared. Jamar Chase in his postgame interview said, we got Joe Burrow at QB. As long as we got Burrow, we got a chance. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's cool, how man. that's how that's how much faith this team has in Burrow. And there were so many knocks on him in the in the preseason and in the offseason, especially, you know, a bunch of TikTok people. That's why I, I stay off that app because it's a bunch of dumbass takes, man. I can't take it. But people talk said Drew Locke was going to have a better season than Joe Burrow. They said Joe Burrow doesn't have the arm strength to make it in the NFL. And this is after seeing Joe Burrow as a rookie beat Tennessee, which was a good team. Yep. Jacksonville, not so much, but he lost four games by one possession. The Chargers, the Browns twice, and the Colts. Tied with Philly, and the blowouts were against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, That's which it's Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You, you know that you know they're great teams. <clears throat> but Burrow gave them a chance to win every single week. So to see what Burrow did his rookie year and have a take that, you know, says that, oh, he can't be a franchise quarterback is just ridiculous. Burrow has a leadership. He has the smarts and he has a good enough arm to get it done every single week. I mean, Burrow is a phenomenal quarterback. He he truly is. Oh, for sure. Um, But yeah, that was very well said. Uh, But I will say the run defense still concerns me because last year, that's what I was talking about specifically about Dalvin. They were. Let me not let me not get this mistaken. They were the fourth worst against the run last year. Okay. They gave up a bunch Who of rush yards. Cincinnati, yeah, the Bengals. Okay. They gave up twenty three hundred, almost twenty four hundred rush yards. Yeah, really bad. Um, so that's what I was saying. But you know what? Dalvin had under a hundred. I'm almost positive he, it was around like seventy something yards. I don't think he played that good, but he had the touchdown. So obviously that salvaged his game. But you lose Carl Lawson. Obviously, they got my, uh, Michael Pearson, and it was, Michael Pearson it was good. It was. 
Am I talking about the right team now? Yeah, Michael Pierce. Okay, yes. So, that's so, what the Vikings are. talking about Vikings? See, exactly yeah. now. That's what I was saying. So I do still have concerns on their line and, and in terms of running, but obviously holding Dalvin, that, that's a good sign for, for things to come in the future. But as a whole, still, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to, to go all in just off one game. Yeah, I, Cincinnati, I think, is about a year or two away. But something about them is that they're going to be what the Carolina Panthers were last year. Yep. The Panthers last year were a team that, yeah, they lost, but every single game was competitive. Definitely. And last year with Burrow as a rookie and the, the team not being as good, every game he was in was pretty much competitive unless they were facing some team that was far more talented. This year, I think they're going to be that team that, you know, every single game is competitive. Burrow is going to give them a chance to win. And this was a very impressive win. And this was a great game overall. Agreed. And now to talk about the L.A. Chargers, because they had an impressive win in my eyes. You know, Juan, I think you feel a little bit differently uh-huh. about this. We'll talk about that in a bit. The Chargers, one of the teams we love talking about on this podcast. We talked about them a lot last year, and that's only going to continue this season because I think they're going to be very good. Were you impressed or unimpressed with this win over Washington? They lost Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, which probably, you know, you can knock the Chargers for that because, you know, they didn't face the Washington football team starting quarterback. Riv, I'm not sure what your answer is, but I, I know what Drew's is, so I want to ask you first, were you impressed or unimpressed with their victory? I was impressed, but not overly impressed. Obviously, the Washington football team has one of the best defenses in the league, so automatically we weren't expecting to see the Chargers offense immediately start lighting it up. But I personally, with the expectation that I have of the Chargers offense and the Chargers team as a whole, I would have liked to see them come out a little bit more guns blazing. Run, run defense from the, from the football team is amazing. So obviously, Echo only having around 50 yards, averaging around 3.6, 3.7 yards a carry, was to be expected. But Herbert's stat line, I would have liked to see better numbers from him. Had the pick. The pick wasn't a was a, a good play from the defender, but still not the best ball from from Herbert. Happened in the red zone also too. So that's an untimely error that you don't like to see from from Herbert. Of course, Herbert had a bunch of good plays. I would say for the for the offense though, the highlight for me would be Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They combined for eight, eight, 18 or seventeen receptions. Had one hundred and eighty two yards combined. They they were really special, and that was the highlight for me. But defensively. The Chargers against a, a Washington football team that obviously, how you, how you mentioned it, didn't have their starting quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they only won this game by four points. I get that the football team is solid defensively, and that's the cornerstone of their of their roster, but this is a team that obviously the quarterback goes away. You need to put them away. You need to put them down, and you need to continue to, to keep running up the scoreboard, but the football team did a really good job of holding that. So, again, I'm impressed because, obviously, you pull it out away against one of the better defenses. But if you want to win this division and be considered one of the best AFC teams, compete with the Chiefs. Obviously, they're, they're going to be facing them two times a year. You need to show out against top five defenses in the league. And Herbie, I, I guess, you know, he threw for over 300, which you always love to see. But he threw the ball 47 times. Had a completion percentage of 66, which is really solid. But when it came to the red zone, nothing really nothing really was getting going. And you have Mike Mike Williams. You have Keenan Allen. Give him a shot in the end zone. They're, they're two big body receivers. 
I get I get it that William Jackson's on the other side too. They have some solid secondary Fuller's over there pieces. Too. Uh, Kendall, yes, yeah, Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller. Because uh, I was saying Kyle's on our squad, mm, but Kendall, Kendall, yeah, for sure. Are they brothers? Just a quick question. They are brothers. Oh, thank you. Yo, shout out. Uh, so no, I definitely do like the the Washington football team as a whole, but I would have just liked to see them be more efficient in the red zone. I just think they have some things to clean up. So yeah, impressed, but not anything that wowed me yesterday. And just saying, Drew has Herbert winning MVP this season. I do for yeah. sure. That's why I was a a little bit underwhelmed in the sense of his stat line. I get it. The football team's defense, I'll keep saying, is amazing. But Herbert is supposed to be a top five, top seven caliber type quarterback. And the way that I haven't projected this season, I wanted, to, I would have liked to see more touchdowns. So they are brothers. That is a fact. Yeah, they okay. are brothers. Right. Yeah. I thought you were like lying to me. No, they're brothers. Yeah. All right. Um, Kyle's I'm in, better. I'm, I'm in. Kyle is better. No, he I'm, is. I didn't hear what you said. That's uh, why. Okay. Um, I'm impressed. You know, this team last year, they're one of their main problems was clock management and one possession game they didn't win. And and possess in a game like this where your offense isn't clicking, Justin Herbert isn't playing that well, you're playing a one of the best defenses in the league, you have to grind out a win. They did exactly what I thought they wouldn't have done last year. And that in itself is impressive for me because there are gonna be games where your offense isn't clicking. There are gonna be games where Herbert isn't playing his best. And, you know, like like you said, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they played well. Mike Williams looked like the guy that we that they drafted finally, so that's good for him. But like you said, Herbert, you know, he didn't play well. He didn't play to what you expect him to play the MVP. But at the same time, against a defense like that, there's going to be games like that. And you have to understand where, all right, this stuff may not be clicking, but I got to find a way to get this win somehow. Sure. Four-point game, like you said, they got the W. And against the team, I know people are going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play, but like, like I've been saying, I felt like that Redskins um, – God, that football team's defense was going to carry them through most wins anyways. And for most of that game, that defense was doing their job, doing what I think they're going to probably do all year. They could they plugged in another quarterback. It's Fitzpatrick is a hit and miss regardless, but I think Herbert and the Chargers for what they did, you know, getting that win in a primetime game, I feel like that was impressive in itself. So I'm impressed with them from the jump. I was very impressed. Really? Very impressed. Really? Come on. And, and, it wasn't even that crazy. And Riv, you're right. Last year, they wouldn't have won this game. That was a very good point. This is the thing. I have takeaways from this game. One of them is that, you know, when we talk about Washington, what makes their defense so great isn't their secondary, isn't their linebacking core. It's their defensive line. And they did, they, they played Okay, mm-hmm. but the Chargers held up their own. Last year, if they faced the same team, you know, they probably give up five sacks. For sure. Rashawn Slater is phenomenal. He's going to be an all-pro tackle in this league and have a similar impact to what Tristan Wirfs had to Tampa Bay last year. Rashawn Slater had 49 pass-blocking snaps, zero pressures allowed. Washington moved Chase Young away from his side and put Chase on Bulaga and had Montez Sweat against uh, Rashawn Slater for most of the game, and Montez Sweat was getting destroyed in that matchup. He was. Chase Young had his way against Bulaga, but it wasn't abysmal. You know, Bulaga held his own on some plays. And just the additions they made on the offensive line, getting Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Abushier, and then Slater, their offensive line is going to be great. if, If they can hold their own against this Washington football defensive line, they can hold their own against... At any single defensive line in football. Other takeaway. 
Mike Williams. Joe Lombardi before the offseason in the offseason said that Mike Williams is going to be the ex receiver of, the, of this offense. Mm-hmm. Basically, the same role that Mike Thomas had with the Saints for years is what Williams is going to have with the Chargers this season. And Mike Williams' first game with Lombardi, eight receptions, career high, 12 targets, second highest of his career, and 81 yards and a touchdown. I think this season, Mike Williams has 1,200 receiving yards or more, and we're going to view him as a top 15 receiver in this league. That's how great of a season I think he's going to have. Joe Lombardi, play calling was great. The one play that stood out to me the most was his stat concept in the red zone. And I, Joe, Herbert did give a ball to Williams that he caught it in, 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 the red, in the red zone. This stat concept was beautiful. Joe Lombardi lined up four receivers to the right. Williams one-on-one one, one on one matchup on the left. Herbert just threw it up. Easy touchdown to Mike Williams. Joe Lombardi did a phenomenal job calling this play. And in the red zone, Herbert had this fumble that shouldn't have been a fumble. Like, he threw it forward, and they called it a fumble yeah, in the was, red zone. that was a bull call. So, you know, the turnovers on Herbert's part don't look as bad uh, as the it interception, seemed. Interception, though? It, it, yeah, I guess. But, in the red zone, too. You know, I, I think this win was impressive because all of the weaknesses yep. that the Chargers mm-hmm. had last year in this one game – they prove that they're not weaknesses anymore. Mm. You know, that offensive line isn't a weakness. Clock ma- management isn't a weakness. You know, Herbert let a, let a drive down the field to give him that lead. And as for Washington, I mean, I, Taylor Heineke, the stat sheet shows that he had an okay game, but, you know, watching it, I wasn't impressed at all with I his performance. I couldn't remember his name. Thank you. You know, Taylor Heineke, I wasn't impressed, and the fact that they're not getting a quarterback – really worries me in regards of them winning the NFC yeah, East. I saw RG3's post. I did see that. <laughs> he was like, bring me back. I mean, he, more, signed, he signed to ESPN. Yeah, he, he's, he's talking about that. some one more one more run. He's trying to get back. Wasn't Witten signed to ESPN and peaced out on him too? I think he did. Who? Win. Jason Witten. Jason Wynn. He went right back to Dallas. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's possible. But that was after he yep. finished a year Correct. broadcasting Correct. with him. Yeah. yeah. And he was bad in that year. He was. He was bad in that year. He should have stayed retired. Yeah, he was bald. Hey, he's old. What are you going to do? He looked old. Like the game. Weirdo. The Chiefs and Browns was another great game. And the, the AFC West is 4-0 right now. The Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders all won. And ironically, we, we have talked about all those teams thus far on this show. But what was your biggest takeaway from this game? The Chiefs came back and beat the Browns. What was your biggest takeaway? I had a few. You know, uh, for starters, Anthony Schwartz, is, if it's his last name, he's really, really, really good. I like his game. I think he's going to be a guy who can definitely change the dynamic of that offense, especially when they get Odell back. You know, they have that Anthony Schwartz guy. David Joku was really good. That that receiving core in general last game played really, really, really well. I mean, from the Chiefs, you know, you're going to expect Tyreek Hill he gets 200 yards, and we still are just like, it's kind of normal at this point because he can break out and do that almost any given week. Faster. Kelsey was Kelsey. Mahomes from Mahomes. You know, the Chiefs started off a little bit slow, and the Browns kind of, you know, came out, punched him in the mouth. The only thing I would say about that game, really, I feel like the Browns played, like, they played really, really good, except in the second half, and they had all those turnovers. You know, I feel like the game was in their hands. They had the game, and then they just made bonehead mistakes, you know, Baker Mayfield threw an uh, interception, a really bad one. Kind of threw it at the receiver, and the defender jumped it, picked it. I, it cost him the game. Yeah, it's like Cleveland played really well. I, I can't even say nothing really bad. Like, takeaway, they played great on offense. Defensively, they kind of had the Chiefs scrambling in the beginning. 
But in the second half, when it was time to close the game, they made the mistakes, and it's expected. This is still a relatively young team with a young quarterback who still has time to grow. But they made mistakes in the second half, and a veteran team is going to pick up on that and capitalize. And the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl twice. They've been to the AFC Championship three years in a row. This team knows how to win and take out games, and they just capitalize on those turnovers. Before the season started, would you say Brown's probably consensus number two team in the AFC? No. Roster talent-wise, yeah. Yes. No doubt. Oh, you mean just off that? Consensus. Like, I had bills. Okay, fair enough. And they lost to the Steelers. Yep. And the Browns humiliated the Steelers. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy how that flips. This game showed me that if you're in the AFC, even if you think that, you know, you're in this game, you're not. <laughs> you're not. The Chiefs are just so far and above, far above in a way, better than the rest of the AFC and it's just funny to me because obviously I don't like them. <laughs> but I'll be honest. Any team that, you know, is a quote-unquote challenger of theirs, they play in the AFC because they've been beaten by the NFC. In the AFC, any quote-unquote challenger, the Ravens, the Bills, now the Browns. The Jets. Brady beat them. Brady did beat them. But he got pretty fortunate with... With the offside. But you know what? That's still or was that agreed? just an undisciplined play? I'll, I'll give that Brady's to you the only sure. guy to beat Mahomes in the playoffs. And I'm happy about it. Good. So I, I, I like Brady a lot for it. That being said, Browns had this game relatively in the bag. Up 12 points going into half. You can't ask for much more from the offense. The run game had been effective. Pass game needed to be cleaned up, but obviously Odell isn't there. My concern was the weapons for this for this team receiver-wise. Obviously, they have the best rush attack outside of the Ravens because that's their scheme. But in terms of duo, Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb, that that is the best rush duo in the league. But they had a chance to put this game away. But when you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're not out of any game. You could be down two scores, and in two possessions, you could have the lead ultimately because obviously they were down 12. But Patty Mahomes is a freak of nature, and it's unfortunate that I have to deal with him for the next 10 years because it looked like the Chiefs were just going to, you know. Chris Jones made some big plays. The defense made some good stops. Obviously, Nick Chubb had a fumble, and that's really unexpected of him. He's usually a pretty disciplined guy when it comes to that, but Chiefs capitalized. And another takeaway of this, of this from this game is Baker Mayfield down the stretch. Now, they were winning almost the entirety of the game the one time that his number was called to go and win this game for them, he looked bad. That 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 interception that he had, he looked lost. He looked panicked. He looked like he was rushing, really didn't know what like he just wanted to try to throw the ball away. He threw the ball right to the defender and yep. the game was over. Now it was very anticlimactic just because obviously the Chiefs had just come back from this this double digit lead. The Browns had a chance to, to answer back. Obviously, you know, the pressure now is on them because they just blew this lead. Baker has a chance to to actually make a statement, win this game for the Browns, and he folds up. And it's pretty telling of basically every other AFC team that the Chiefs play that if you play tight against the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to take advantage. And that's just what I expect from here on out. The Browns scored 22 points at halftime, seven points in the second half, and seven points in the fourth quarter, not even not even one point in the, in the third. Kansas City scored 10 points in the first half and 23 points in the second half. It doesn't matter how the Chiefs win, but they always find a way to win. 
Texans up 24 to 0. Chiefs come back on them. Insane. They always find ways to win no matter what happens, how big the obstacle is, unless it's a Super Bowl against Tom Brady. <laughs> but my biggest takeaway from this game, words. and I'll, I'll talk about you know Baker right now, just real quick. The problem with Baker is that he is very similar to another quarterback that I am highly critical of in Tua Tagovailoa. The offense, their skill set is... RPOs, short and intermediate game, that's where they're comfortable at. But once you force them to win games, to make a play outside of the structure of an offense, they can't do it. They struggle with it. And that's where you separate the elite quarterbacks like Zach Wilson from the other guys like Baker and Tua. You know, know, guys like Zach, they can make plays like that, you know. But let's just stick to, you know, let's just stick to the established please, guys. Because yeah. Zach is going to be there. But let's talk, talk about, like, Mahomes and Herbert and Watson Kyler. and Allen and Kyler. Even Brady. They can do things like that. Baker hasn't shown it consistently enough and honestly hasn't shown it much, I to agree. be honest. I agree. But my biggest takeaway from this game is we know about Tyreek Hill. We know about Kelsey. We know about Mahomes, obviously. But it's that offensive line. That same thing with the Chargers. You know, Chargers rebooted their offensive line. So did the Chiefs. I mean, after they lost to Tampa Bay, everybody said the Chiefs won't be the same. They paid Mahomes so much money. They have to pay all these guys. They can't get good offensive linemen. And the Chiefs said, okay, watch us do it. They signed Joe Tooney. They released Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, who everybody thought was a bad move. But I said, Why? Eric Fisher probably won't even play until the middle of the year this this season. And Mitchell Schwartz is coming off of back surgery. They signed Joe Tooney to a five-year, $80 million deal. They trade for Orlando Brown, who honestly was like probably one of the worst guys on the Chiefs yesterday, to be honest, or Sunday, I should say. Mm-hmm. But they have three rookie offensive linemen. Creed Humphrey, second-round pick who I desperately wanted the Jets to draft, but they, of course they didn't. They drafted a lot more, which I'm fine with, but we needed we needed Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey has been phenomenal for them all throughout camp, preseason, and in his first game. They drafted Trey Smith in the sixth or fifth round. He fell because of some injury. Trey Smith is really the glue to our offensive line, even as a rookie. He is that intense of a player. Another guy I wanted the Jets to draft, but of course, you know, just make me the GM. This offensive line would be a top five group in the NFL. They drafted Trey Smith, and then at right tackle, they don't start Mike Remmers. They start Lucas Niang. Lucas Niang, who opted out of last year because of COVID, and he played phenomenal. I mean, against the Browns, who have Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Malik Jackson, they have a good defensive line. Sure. They allowed their first sack. Late in the third quarter. This is with three rookies starting at offensive line. So, yeah, the Chiefs spent big, but they're so successful because they know how to draft. You look at corner, Legereus Need is their top guy. They know how to draft. Um, Willie Gay, I believe their linebacker. I'm not sure if his name is Willie, but I know his last name is Gay. At linebacker, mm-hmm. very good linebacker. They also drafted my guy Nick Bolton. Did they draft Tyran? They didn't draft him, no. <clears throat> then they drafted Nick Bolton to, to boost her up that linebacking court. They just know how to draft, and that's why they're so great, and that's why they're going to be at the top of the AFC and the top dogs 
until teams can draft better than them. And I'm not sure that's going to happen because the Chiefs, I mean, getting a guy like Trey Smith in the sixth round, and he's arguably your best guard or your best interior lineman is just insane. And and that that my biggest takeaway is that their offensive line is so young, but it's so damn good. It's so damn good. But one thing I want to say is the run game didn't look too great. So I understand, obviously, the, the but, goal but do is do you to, think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a, a great running back? That is the question we're going to have to start asking. I, I think he's a, a pass catcher, but I'm not sure about a runner. But it's... It's hard for me because when he was on LSU, he was what Andy Reid was talking about. A bowling ball type running yeah. back that just runs right through a defense and he will get you a, a good chunk of yards. But we haven't seen that much in the NFL since he's he's taken the Still helm. really young. He is young. And I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because one, he plays for the Chiefs. He was a first-round a first round running back. Andy Reid is a good uh, talent scouter. And it's just... I'm not ready to to, to to give credit to this O-line until I see Clyde really take off. If if Clyde doesn't take off and, and the O-line, obviously it, the numbers are there and it's inexcusable, then obviously we got to start pointing the finger at Clyde. But off the first game alone, I would like to see more impact on the rushing side of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fair point. I think the Browns do have a good rush defense, though. True. Yeah, definitely. Know, but that, you know, for the first game, three rookies – I mean, not many teams can start three rookies and have any success at offensive sure. line. I mean, look at the Jets. I mean, we drafted AVT. He was our only rookie on the O-line, and we looked abysmal on, yeah. on the offensive line. It also helps that Mahomes is a genius in the alive. pocket. I just think that it the co- the Chiefs right now have the perfect coaching staff, and yeah. they develop players so well that it is one of the places to be. And I'll just get your thoughts on it. We don't have to talk on it because it's breaking news to a degree. The enemy is potentially talking about going to USC. Do you think that impacts the team at all? It impacts them, but I don't think uh, it, it's a huge one that they're going to drop off big time. But I, I think that's a big time opportunity for the enemy, and I hope he does take it if Me he too. feels comfortable in, in, in the opportunity. Because if he arrives USC, that's good. For, that's great for his career. And I think being a college coach is much less strenuous than being an NFL coach. No doubt. And he's from Cali, too, I believe. So I think that would be great for him, and I hope he does get it. For sure. Because you know, sure. he, he's deserved a head coaching job in the NFL oh, for years No now. doubt. No yeah. doubt. Tua versus Mac Jones. That's the matchup that we were all looking forward to. At least I was. You oh, know, Tua Tagovailoa versus Mac Jones. Yeah. Two former Alabama quarterbacks. We got into a shouting match the other day because we talked about what Tua had versus what Mac had. And I, I looked at that Alabama roster, and you forgot some names, man. Let's hear it You're now. Free. Because, Rare, I'm going to just tell you what Tua had at Alabama in, in like, Tua's full-year okay. plan. Okay. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned in. He had Judy. Yes. He had Ruggs. Yep. He had Devonta Smith. Okay, names we named. I'm yeah, missing Najee. a receiver, too. He had Jalen Waddle. He had Irv Smith Jr., who was a second-round pick, yep. went to Minnesota. He had Najee. He's okay. He had Najee. Yep. He had Damian he Harris, his current starting running back for the Patriots. He's all right, and too. And he had Josh Jacobs. That's the roster that Tua had. Josh Jacobs sophomore year? I'm saying Josh Jacobs last Tua's, year. Wait, Tua's wait, wait, sophomore wait, wait. year. He had Judy? Then yeah. he had Ruggs. You said Ruggs? Yeah. That that was the year that he, he had. Yeah. Judy, Ruggs, His Waddle, Smith, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris. You're and Irv Smith. You're Jr. missing somebody. Maybe maybe look Irv's, at the roster. Irv's okay. He's a talented I mean, dude. It, I mean, in Alabama, yes, he was, he was of different. Course, he of was different. But that's college, obviously. I, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, Mac didn't have all that. 
He's, it was he, far less. Mac didn't have all that. No, he had but, he had all the names, but it's but not. Let's like, talk yeah, about it. You let's know, do it. Tua versus Mac Jones. Let's do it. The other day we talked about which Alabama quarterback we think will be the most successful in the NFL. Drew picked Tua. I picked Mac. Riv picked Mac. First matchup, week one. Who do you think won this matchup? Who played better? You gonna start with me or Riv? I, I could go. All right, Mac. <laughs> I think Mac, Mac, like I said before, Mac had the best rookie debut, I think, for all the quarterbacks by far. I think when you watch the game, Mac just looked so much better. He looked more advanced so in the game than Tua. Oh he looked goodness. smarter in the game. He looked more poised. He just he like he looked like the better quarterback. He looked like a real pro bowler, like you said, in that game. Tua, Tua didn't play bad, but Tua didn't play great. You know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's some things he need to clean up. You know, we can... Realistically, we can compare offenses. I think at the moment, Tua has better receivers. Tua has a good tight end, but I think, you know, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith are a better tight end core. But nonetheless, you know, Mac Jones, against that defense, he played much better. Tua, he struggled a little bit. Still reading defenses still is a problem. But I think Mac played much better because, you know, rookie debut, his first game, he could have won that game. You know, from an individual standpoint, both numbers don't look amazing, but Eye test tells you Mac played much better. Eye test is a strong, strong statement to make because there was things that Tua was doing that Mac just wasn't. But I will say there was things that Mac was doing that Tua was not. And, like me and I'll what start. Tua with, did that, what was what was Tua's uh, ability to to get out of the pocket? Tua's still ability make to throws. throw an interception into traffic. Uh, the game went along. Now I have a question: Is it your turn or is it mine? I'm just asking. <laughs> that, that's the mine? that's the difference I saw between because the interception. Tua. I will say there was two plays. By two attack by Lord that I did not like, and both of them came under pressure. Now Dolphin, Dolphins' O line is is still not great in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think that it needs a lot of addressing. And Tua, who is not the most mobile quarterback, still is a mobile type quarterback. I don't like him when he's under duress because he clearly has some kind of, I don't want to say panic, but it it gets to a point where the play breaks down. And you saw it on that interception where he's rolling to his opposite opposite side, not not the strong side of his throwing on the on the run, obviously. And he tries to throw it out of bounds, and in trying to throw it out of bounds, throws it basically right at at the Patriots receiver, gets tipped up. Should Gesicki should have caught that ball? Obviously, at that point, it's a fifty fifty, so you really can't blame the receiver, you can't blame the defender. It was a bad bad decision by Tua. I will definitely say that. You got to get it out of bounds, especially if anything, take the sack. You take the sack. It's way better than turning the ball over and giving them good field possession. That being said, Tua did something that Mac didn't do, and it was take risks down the field and put balls right where his his uh, receivers can make a play. He had a throw to Devontae Parker late in the game on the sideline. Defenders draped all over Devontae Parker, but Tua put the ball so perfect. Devontae was able to 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 go up and get it, keep his feet in bounds. The throw to Jalen Waddle, how we were talking about earlier. That play was very, I would say Waddle made an excellent play, but that was made possible because of the placement of the ball by Tua Tagovailoa. Was able to keep it back shoulder. Waddle was able to adjust his body, keep it out of the the range of the defender. Tua made a great throw in that sense. And Tua managed this game as well as he could outside of that interception. And that's what keeps me from from saying Tua easily had the better game. But Tua managed this game very well. That, that pick... He was able to read the defense extremely well all game. He read the defense very well. He goes, keeps the read, takes his scores into the end zone for his first score of the game. And I just thought Tua had a really good game. Now, 
to give credit to Mac, that pocket presence was unbelievable for a, for a debut. I can't even front. The, the offensive line for the Patriots was collapsing almost every other play. Mac stayed in that pocket, threw strike after strike after strike, made smart plays, but it just wasn't enough to get the win. He gave his team a shot to win. His his running backs ended up costing them two big fumbles from one from Ramondre, one from Damian Harris. One thing I would have liked to see him is take a deep shot. Obviously, we spoke about it before the the show. The offense is not that type of offense where they're going to take shots, but they do have a deep threat in Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar made his presence felt in that in the game, of course, but they didn't take a shot at all. There was two throws in particular. I'm rambling here, but it's it's all related. There's two throws in particular that stood out to me, and they both were medium-range type throws. One was in the middle of the field to Jonu Smith, where he's getting cracked. So there's three now. The one to Jonu Smith, he's about to get hit. He throws a ball in a, a decent amount of yards. Good completion there. Now another one where he's getting hit from the side, stays in the pocket, throws the ball to, I believe, Jacoby Myers on the sideline. That ball was... And he re- threw him away yeah. from the safety. No, it was an amazing pass. And then there was another one onto the sideline where he kind of floated it right into the running backs, uh, right into the running backs bre- bre- uh, bread basket. That was a very good throw. All in all, I just wanted to see a little bit more risk from him. Obviously, in a debut, you don't want to put him in that situation. And last thing I'll say, in a in a big moment in the game, we kind of went over it. You think that it was it wasn't an underthrow? I think Jacoby should have called that. And where I don't disagree too much, I just think that. It's on third and three. This is a, one of the biggest plays of the game. He has a lot of open space to just lead Jacoby Myers, where at worst it's the first down, at best it's a touchdown. Now you have the lead. Now the pressure's on two attack of Iloa. And now who knows if I'm here praising Tua the way that I am now. But he, he, he underthrew him, in my opinion. He kind of threw it to his back foot instead of leading him towards the sideline. And that, I don't want to say it ended up being a, a crucial part of the game, but that's, that's one that they might have needed. So you think Tua had the better game? I think Tua did. He ultimately did enough to win this, uh, win the the team the the game, and he he didn't he didn't do anything that leads me to think that he's not going to be successful. Right now, I feel like a proud dad. What the you know, just watching Mac Jones play, he was one of my guys in the draft that you know everybody was throwing shade at him, and I said no, this guy this guy's good. You know, you can search it up. Pick a side. The title of the video is Mac Jones is the most underrated quarterback in the draft. And in that video, I say he has the best pocket presence of anybody in the draft. He has the best ball placement of anybody in the draft. And he reads defense better than anybody in that draft. Mac Jones could end up becoming the best quarterback in this draft only behind Zach Wilson. It really depends on how they build around Zach Wilson, the, the Jets do. Because... Wilson could become Matthew Stafford, or if the Jets build around him great, he could become known as a top five guy. It's really about how they build around him, but I think Mac Jones is going to have a steady career with New England, and they're going to win, which means he's going to get his recognition. Tua did not have a better game than Mac Jones, and the Jacoby, the, the Jacoby Myers drop, I think it was a drop, yes, because the, the ball could have been placed better, but I think it was a drop. That didn't cost them the game. Damian Harris fumbling cost them the game. Nick Folk at the time was 3-for-3 on field goals. The field goal was going to be a chip shot, and Damian Harris fumbled. Now, credit to Miami because their defense, even though they allow a lot of yardage, 
They are ball hawks sure. and they force turnovers. 100%. But Damian Harris cost the Patriots the game. The first couple of drives when I first watched the game, it scared me because Mac Jones started off poor. You know, they, they did the play action pass and rushes were coming and John Smith was behind Mac and he just threw it behind him and it was a it was a fumble, yeah, basically that a play lateral. Was ugly. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels at first was just calling a bunch of run plays to get Mac Jones situated to the game and get him accustomed to the speed of the game. But in that second half, he was unleashed. He was. He, he went Super Saiyan. And I mean, this guy was throwing darts. You know, it, there was this, in, in the third quarter, in the there was a drive in the middle of the third where every single decision, decisive. He knew where to go as soon as the ball was snapped. Saw Blitzers coming. Saw Calvin, saw, not Calvin, no, he saw... Baker. He saw Jerome Baker and I'm forgetting the other linebacker on Miami. It wasn't he, Van Noy, you sure? No, Van Noy's on New England. Yeah, I pop. Yeah. He's on he, New England. He is, he is, he is, he is. And he saw a rusher coming. I got you. Go Ball snapped. Mac Jones throw a, throws it quick to his hot route. Mac Jones, his decisiveness, his the, he's already mastered this playbook. And he knows where to go in every snap. And Drew, you, you talked about it, right? Mac Jones didn't throw enough deep balls for me. You know, I wish he could have stretched more risks. I wish he could have mm-hmm. took more risks. That sounds awfully familiar to somebody that used to play in New England that they knocked constantly for being a system quarterback for years. Tom Brady. Stop it. Stop it. We all, Riv, nope. when we first started this podcast, we argued about Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Yeah. And in that 2019 season, all everybody said was Tom Brady dinks and dunks. Yeah. He doesn't throw it down the field at all. I wasn't on the show, so I'm, oh, I'm I get glad. It. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't have been saying any of that. Tom Brady, everybody knows that the common criticism of his career in New England is that he's a system quarterback. Yeah. He's a dink and dunk quarterback. That's a fact. The thing about it is that Tom Brady was cerebral in his approach. For sure. If it's there, I'm going to take it. If there's a shot there, I'm going to take it. Mac Jones is the exact same way. He notices that he doesn't have the seam. He notices guys are covered down the field. Okay, drop to my running back real quick. That's something that Trevor Lawrence didn't do, and that's why he threw interceptions. Agreed. That's something Zach Wilson didn't do. That's something that quarterbacks to this day don't do. They don't take that check down. Agreed. Sometimes the smartest play is to do that, and Mac Jones just all night long was cerebral, and I just couldn't. I felt like I was watching a Pro Bowl quarterback. I felt like I was watching a 10-year veteran, and that's what Mac Jones is going to be. He's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's going to be great, man. Can I, can I ask you a question, and then, Riv, you can give your two cents, but who made the most impressive throw yes, in, in that game Sunday? You mean one, you know, Tua to Waddle? Tua to Waddle, Tua to Devontae. So, I don't, so Tua I don't had think, two of the best passes look, of the game. I, I don't think those throws, with all due respect, wow, okay. are better than the throw to James White on the wheel route on a linebacker. Really? And the throw to, I don't know if it was Aguilar or Jacoby Myers, but... He threw Kobe. him away yep. Yep. from the safety mm-hmm. to the sound, sideline to the boundary. I mean, the throw to or through to Waddle and Devontae, those are 50-50 balls. Stop it. Th- those are 50-50 balls. The one to Devontae Parker was absolute perfect placement. The one to Jalen Waddle was also perfect placement but back those shoulder. Are, those are 50-50 balls to me, you know. But, but you know the the receivers that they have. Devontae Parker is a big play receiver. Jalen Waddle is going to the be. Patriots a- don't have that. Nelson Aguilar Nelson is a big Ag- play. Nelson Aguilar 
is a speedster who gets behind defenses, but in terms of making contested catches, he's iffy on that. Oh, no, for sure. No, for sure. And then then who else? Kendrick Bourne is more of a route runner. He gets separation. Agreed. You know, Jacoby Myers. And no, I'm not. I'm not. They really didn't take any deep. Deep shots. That Devontae Parker was a deep shot. Waddle was a deep shot. Just has never been. I agree. And and never is strong. It hasn't. Randy Randy Moss, Moss, obviously. But but the Patriots offense has always been a short passing scheme, and and that's why I'm not going to blame Matt Jones for the offense that he plays. I'm not going to either. You know, and I think when there were shots to be took, he did take them, and he he did complete those passes. You know, but just to talk about Tua. I like that they finally built an offense around him. No doubt. They have this co-offensive coordinator group with George Godsey and Eric Studsville, and they did a great job at you know designing an offense based around short passes and RPOs to you know build around Tua because Tua's great at that at Alabama. That's what it was. It was RPOs. It was short passes. Believe it or not, Alabama opened up the playbook when Tua left and Mac Jones started because Mac Jones was able to make the throws Tua couldn't. So, based off this one game, if you think Tua was better, that's fine. But I'm telling you now, I saw something special in Mac Jones. And all the pre-draft criticism on him is still ridiculous to me. Sure. You know, I was here on the show saying the 49ers draft a number three. And obviously, if Trey Lance becomes better, that doesn't matter. But I do think 49ers fans, at least after seeing Mac Jones play, should should feel more open to the idea that okay we could have taken Mac Jones and not be fine with it. Lance in his one attempt did throw a touchdown, and Jimmy yeah. G played all right. It, it was an it was designed. It, a design I know, plan. I know, I know. I, I was even on the show and I said this. I said this when Jack was here at the time, and he thought I was crazy for it because we're both Jets fans. Mm-hmm. I said if the Jets take Mac Jones, I wouldn't be mad. At two, yes, I wouldn't. That that's how much I love Mac that's Jones funny. over no. Zach. I mean, obviously, I'd be a little bit upset, but I, I would still think we have a really good quarterback on our hands. But and you don't have it a It would take you some convincing. Nah, I would have been okay. We have Chad Pennington. You're okay with that? Whoa, whoa. What do you mean don't I'm no okay history. with that? Relax. No, I'm saying as Relax. opposed to saying, but he's saying Zach Wilson is Josh Allen. I agree. Like, okay, so fair. you're okay with Chad, Chad Pennington? Chad Pennington two? was good as hell. I think Mac Jones is Eli Chad Pennington. I think that's what he is. I don't and think I'm, you guys need that, though. I think you guys well, need game-changing. Eli Manning is a Not Super it, But Bowl. I'm just saying, like, I think either or, okay. you know, we would have had a good quarterback on our hands. That, that's not a knock on Zach. That's no. just how much I believe in Mac. No, I got you. I, because yeah. the pre-draft criticism on him were ridiculous. You know, can't move in the pocket, uh, can't throw down the field, all this dumbass stuff. I was going to say, you were saying it. We were talking about it before the show, the one that ca- got called back where he's making stuff up on the fly, the pocket collapses, he scrambles outside. I think there was a holding call or something like that, but he throws a dart to, to, to Kendrick Bourne. And that was his him showing his ability to still make plays when when stuff's not going the the way that it's expected. Yeah, I you know I I do think he's a phenomenal quarterback. But to move on, the Saints blew out the he Green Bay Packers. Right. Who? Who was all right? Chad Pennington. He was all right. He got injured. That's why. That's he why didn't. the stats look don't don't look that good. He got injured and went to Miami and had a it was comeback yes. player of the year. He was mad good when he, man. Went, when he went nineteen or so. Solid. The only time the New England Patriots lost a division was the year Chad Pennington was with the Jets. So he beat was them. that when you guys lost to the Steelers? Do you remember that when Santana, Santana Moss? Must had, be that was Mark Sanchez. We were always a wild no, card no, team. No, no, no. Has to be 06. You guys lost to the Steelers. Santana Moss had two touchdowns. Oh, Santana Moss. Yes. Okay. Probably, yeah, probably. It, it was 06, right? Yes. He went 17 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. 
What was our record? That ten year? and six, but he wasn't like. What was his records other years though? Check he, check the he best years. Didn't play years. much. Yo, I'll be honest. He went eight and four one year, then four and five, then eight and five, then. What one are the two. stats? Read me some stats. His best year statistically twenty two and six, three thousand yards. Okay. That was. We were eight and four that year with the Jets. Yeah, that was two thousand two. Okay. And then with Miami, he went eleven and five, nineteen TDs, seven interceptions. 3,600. Hey, I made it seem like this guy was different. Like, he was all right. But he was a solid player. He was, a, franch- he was player. a franchise yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he was. Really? He yeah, was he good. Was. But y'all he made it seem like, player. oh, yeah, he's different. But he was. He was he's yo, I remember. You just I had have good memories. Yeah, I have good memories. Oh, he's Chad a watching Pennington. type of guy. Now, you, yeah. I mean, okay, okay. it's just he got injured, bro. That's what messed him up. A, I have good memories right. of Chad Pennington. I'm going to go into the YouTube collage, and I'm going to see what he's I mean, Chad Pennington, when you look at his highlights, it's just a normal white quarterback making great throws. It's it's really nothing like you're not going to see Lamar or Mike Vick or whatever. I mean, I didn't expect it, to see Lamar or Mike Vick. It's like a Carson Palmer. Carson probably, Palmer was solid. Probably better. Yeah, Carson he was Palmer a great was better, yeah. He was a great quarterback for years. Definitely. Let me see, let me the Saints blew out the Green Bay Packers. and They did. I don't think anybody was expecting this type of embarrassing loss. I picked the Saints. You did. Give me, give me, give me my that. that was oh, your, you did pick the Saints. That was, okay. his, that was his best call of the okay. week. For okay. sure. He picked the Saints. He did. Drew, you said the Packers are going to have a Super Bowl type last game. dance, yeah. quote unquote, type of season. I do. To be fair, the Saints beat the Packers 38 to 3. Last season, they beat the Buccaneers 38 to 3. And the Buccaneers went on to win a Super Bowl. Now, are you sounding the alarm on the Packers right now? You know, are you more impressed with Jameis Winston and the Saints, or are you disappointed in, in the Green Bay Packers? I'm disappointed by the Green Bay Packers. I mean, when one of the best offenses in the league with three of the best weapons in the uh, in the NFL combined for three points and they don't score a touchdown, I'm disappointed by that. I'm surprised by that. Aaron Rodgers had an abysmal game. Aaron Jones didn't rush for 10 yards. Devontae uh, Adams was in jail by Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore had him in jail to the point where after that game, he signed a contract extension. That's how well he played. He got a contract extension from that game. I was shocked. I mean, you have Devontae Adams, obviously, who is in conversation to be the best receiver in the NFL, only had around 50 yards, five receptions. Again, I like I mentioned, Aaron Jones, who according to the NFL Top 100, is a top five running back in the NFL, didn't crack 10, 10 total rushing yards. Now, I am disappointed, but at the same time, it's understandable. Of course, Aaron Rodgers has been into this, in the system for, for years on years now. But at the same time, he's, this is the first time in his career that he's missed OTAs, missed a few weeks of training camp. So it was expected that they were going to be not as sharp as they will be, as I'm expecting them to be for the few, for the rest of the season. So, again, disappointing, but not something that I am looking too into. I still believe the Packers are going to be fine. I still think that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones are going to be top players in the NFL. This was just a bad game, bad showing for them. But on all sides, defensively, the Saints were able to do whatever they wanted. The, the Packers couldn't stop a nosebleed. Kamara was doing whatever he wanted. Jameis... I think, what do you have, like 111 yards, something around that, five touchdowns. The the Packers couldn't do anything right. So, of course, I'm disappointed. But, again, I'm not thinking too much about it. I picked the Saints to win. And <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to keep throwing uh, that you out. You do work hesitant. 
No, not no, really. Did, no, not he, really. he picked the Saints not. and he said the Packers. No, no, because, no, 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 he did not. I asked, I picked the Saints and I said where it's at, and you was like. It's at the Superdome, but it doesn't really matter. And I was like, should I go back? No, you know what? I'm going to stick to my guts and I'm going to pick the Saints. That's, that's exactly what happened. What happened. That's exactly how no, it that's, went. that's not what I said. I said it's not there because of the hurricane. Yeah, That's what that's, you said. Yes. But that, the, the dialogue after was the same way. Correct. I was like, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to stick. So, All right, Auden Tate. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you keep referencing this Last Dance stuff. And it's interesting because the way the Last Dance started in 98, the Bulls actually played pretty bad in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's actually funny. No, but, um, you know, James Winston, he looked really good. You know, he looked like a lot a smarter quarterback than what he's looked like in previous years. On, the Saints on the offensive line and the defensive line completely just dominated the Green Bay Packers. You know, the turnover battle, it wasn't even close. Aaron Rodgers looked rushed a lot of the times. He looked very uncomfortable, and that's a rare sighting for Aaron Rodgers to look uncomfortable in the game. Marshawn Lattimore, you know, we've seen him in this division lock up Mike Evans all the time. Yeah. We've seen him have inconsistent performances, but you know, not a lot of guys can do that to Devontae Adams. And he came out week one and he did that to him. And that was very impressive. Like you said, he got that extension right after, which is He hilarious. is injured though, which is the the fact that the Saints have this cap space is unbelievable. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. They're geniuses. They Whoever's are. in that head office is Mickey Loomis. Genius. He's, he's, he's great. James scored five TDs without his best receiver. You know, and it, a lot of it was really just managing the game, making smart yep. decisions, reading what the defense is getting. This, a lot of things that Jameis hasn't shown us on a consistent basis, he did it in one game. You know, so I think this team, that defense is still there. It's a very, very strong group. That offensive line is still one of the best in the game. Alvin Kamara, you know, he didn't play his best game, but he was still effective. I think this team has a chance to really do some things. You know, it's obviously it's still week one, but this is one of the best teams in the NFC. And they completely obliterated them. So, you know, shout out to James Winston. He did his thing. Shout out to New Orleans Saints because I thought they were going to win regardless. Just didn't think it would be a blowout. But James looked really, really, really impressive. Sharp. This is one of the games that I have not watched yet. I'm going to watch it tomorrow along with other games that I missed. I can't wait to watch it, though. You know, 148 yards, five touchdowns. I want to see how that happened. But, of course, he had five touchdowns. And... This is another proud dad moment for me. You know, Mac Jones plays phenomenal. Then Jameis Winston, who I've been high on for two years, you know, since he left Tampa and, you know, Riv now saying, oh, Saints, Jameis. But when he left Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this was the guy that was hating on Jameis. And I said, you're going to regret that because Jameis can still be a franchise guy. This guy is you know, crazy. Can't give you props, man. No, no. He he hates. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Because he does that. He'll bring up what I said, but never remember when I rebuttal. He'll just forget what he rebuttals. Just mm-hmm. brings up my first take. So, cool okay, though. okay. No. You can have your moment. After, a, after a while, you know, he said, you know, Jameis can be great. Okay, whatever. His original <laughs> take was hating on Jameis, and I had a, you know, right. I had to stand firm on Jameis, and I've had this take for two years now. I'd say you pulled the and tweets I, back up. I have take your been, glory moment. I have been high on Jameis, and he's my pick to win comeback player of the year. I was more impressed with the Saints and Winston because they beat the Packers, who were the number one team in the NFC last season. They embarrassed them. Yep. And this is a Saints team that people, I, I see, I see. Uh, record predictions and standing is the consensus is oh they're seven and ten they're eight and nine or uh, they don't have them making the playoffs and me I'm like no they're a ten and seven eleven win team they're a ten or an eleven win team and that's easy for me. Drew Brees 
as great as he's been for the, his entire career, Hall of Fame career, no doubt about it. Drew Brees, the past two seasons, has been holding the Saints back. His numbers don't look, it doesn't look that way, but he doesn't throw the ball down the field, which is why the offense has been held back. But Sean Payne has proved it doesn't matter if I have Teddy or Taysom Hill or Winston, I can win games. You look at Jameis Winston's numbers in Tampa Bay and compare them versus Drew Brees' numbers in San Diego with the Chargers. Winston has better numbers. And Brees, when he paired up with Sean Payne, had a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. Is Winston going to be a Hall of Famer? There's a chance it can happen. <laughs> There's a chance it can happen. Okay. Winston, I think this is his chance right now. And, and he's just such a good guy to root for. After the game, they asked him, you know, what advice did you get? And he said, my trainer just told me to be prepared. What did he say? He just told us to be prepared. Yeah. And then in his post-game interview, he said this win was for the city of New Orleans. He said, he talked to the city directly and said, this is for you guys. You know, we're going to make this a great season. We're going to play for you guys every week. I mean, this guy cares about the city and the community. And I think this is a guy that Saints fans are going to learn or going to want to rally behind and really prop Jameis up. I think he's going to be the guy for years to come with the Saints, and I I firmly believe in that opinion. But the Packers were abismal. Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, two interceptions, completed 53% of his passes. Worst game he's probably played in his entire career. This is the biggest blow. Aaron Jones was bad, but... You know, I've talked a lot about offensive lines on this episode, and it's it's going to be a common occurrence throughout the season because that's what make make or breaks a team. They moved Elton Jenkins from guard to left tackle because David Bakhtiari is out. Now, on the inside of the offensive line, they have Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman. A lot of guys are saying right now, who are those guys? And that's exactly right. You know, who are those guys? Billy Turner at right tackle is okay, but... This offensive line was bad yesterday. It was. And I, I said that. Two days ago. You know, and you know, two days ago. Yeah, you're right. On Sunday. David Bakhtiari is out until at least week seven. Mm-hmm. They face Washington. I think they face San Fran. All I know is that they face some elite offensive, uh, elite Defense. defensive lines before Bakhtiari comes back. And that, that's going to be a problem for them. They didn't play Corey Lindsley, but they paid a running back, which is always a bad decision to make. And that's where I think they started, they're going to start going downhill because of this offensive line, but they were bad. But also the Saints, man, I just want to say this uh, real quick. Their defense is, is really great. Their secondary is really good. Marshawn Lattimore, yeah, he's the big name because, you know, he shut down Devontae and rightly, rightfully so. But Paulson Adebayo, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him Paulson. Chauncey's tough, too. Out of Stanford, he was their pick this season. Rookie cornerback, he had an interception on Rodgers. He was phenomenal. They're also getting Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby, week one was suspended. Week two, he's good to go. So with Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby, Paulson, and eventually if Brian Poole comes back, now we're looking at a second year that features Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams and Lattimore with Poole, with Roby, with Paulson. I mean, this can be a top secondary in the league very fast and this can be one of the more formidable teams i think they're gonna be a great team this year the saints i don't know if they win the division because i still got tampa of course and i had them last year too even though saints won but the saints are gonna be a great team and there's no doubt about that yeah I'm and, and i'm happy about i'm happy for winston i'm, sure. I'm really happy for Winston. me too man
Seamus Jameis. <laughs> I just would have obviously he didn't need the yards. He, he had, had not. Fi- he, he had five TDs, five touchdowns. He blew your boy. Obviously, out. I'm. Which one? Green Bay. Ah, I mean, I guess the, the they're my now. Boys. I mean, you had you said last dance, Green yeah. Bay. I'm showing them respect. They just made two NFC championships. Lost. In all actuality, Both. he wants them to do bad. I do. He's right. If Rogers, if they Let do him know. bad, Rogers Let him know. is free. Ah, uh, that makes a little bit more sense. He's coming to Denver, baby. It's kind of okay. That makes sense. Kind Going of to the last guy. topic before we go to we, before we give our picks for Week Two of the NFL. Yes, sir. NFC West. They're four and zero right now, as is the AFC West. But we're going to talk about the NFC West right now. Which NFC West team had the most impressive win? The Cardinals blow out against Tennessee or Seattle beating Indianapolis. 49ers nearly choking against the Lions or the Rams beating the Bears how they did. Rave, I'll start with you. Well, considering the fact that I'm a FanDuel guy, you know, I, I use that as some of my reference sometimes. Seahawks were favored in that game. The Rams were favored in that game. And, of course, the Niners are favored that game. The only guys that were underdogs in this being the Arizona Cardinals. And considering that they played, if not the best or the second best team out of the bunch of the NFC West, I would probably say Arizona had the best performance. I think the whole division had the best performance. You know, Rams coming out and Chicago's defense still, regardless of their offense, their defense has still been top 10, top 12 in the league for the last three years. Rams coming in, Matthew Stafford playing Damn near perfect. Jalen Ramsey looking like the uh, a new revamped Jalen Ramsey, which is scary for the league. And then Seattle going in and blowing out Indianapolis, you know, having big time plays. You know, DK wasn't effective in the first half, but Tyler Lockett was on fire yeah, at that crazy. game, you know. And that secondary played good. That defensive line played good. And then, of course, the Niners, you know, they were healthy, unhealthy all last year coming back. And aside from the fourth quarter, really, we're just absolutely destroying Detroit. But Arizona, you know, being at the fact that I thought that was going to be a closer game, Tennessee was is is a projected, you know, is projected to win their division. It's a great team coming out the way they did, absolutely destroying Tennessee, you know, not allowing them to get into their offense, not allowing them to find any groove. Defensively, they couldn't do nothing with Arizona. I think that Arizona definitely, especially with Kyler Murray playing like an MVP, I think they had the best performance. No, Cardinals really were impressive, but for me, the most impressive team is going to be the L.A. Rams. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, L.A. Rams look borderline perfect to me. Matthew Stafford comes in first game, basically has a perfect game, 20 of 26, 321, three touchdowns, no picks, has two 50-yard touchdowns. Obviously, the one to Van Jefferson was more than 50 yards. Cooper Cup looks to be the Cooper Cup of, I, I don't 2018, 2019, whichever one they went to the Super Bowl, that Cooper Cup had, I think he was a top five fantasy wide receiver that year. Cooper Cup was fantastic. I think he had seven receptions, 10 targets, around 110 yards around. He was fantastic. Van Jefferson really showed out too. Robert Woods had a, had a, had a nice touchdown toe tap. But defensively, this is what really stuck out to me. Jalen Ramsey is going to... Is, is a strong contender for defensive player of the year from what I saw against the Bears. Obviously, the Bears aren't a stellar team, but regardless of that, he looked dominant. Tackling, he 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 looked amazing. Ball hawking, he had Allen Robinson in hell. He could do whatever he wanted that day. He looked perfect. Obviously, Aaron Donald's going to be Aaron Donald. He's going to be great. 
And yeah, bro, you're, you're in no man's land. <laughs> I, was not, I was really zoned in on you, though. Oh, That's the okay. craziest Fair part. Enough. But, but you snapped at him or me. I, exactly. <laughs> Riv was looking over here. You were on your phone. I just had to get someone's attention. I was dead looking at you. That's the craziest part. My bad, bro. I was zoned in on you. That's okay. But regardless, Rams looked amazing. And I only expect this to continue. And in the first game, Matthew Stafford does this. Like I mentioned, we've seen few power moves in the NFL. The last one that I can remember was Peyton Manning to the Broncos. This is pretty similar in my opinion. We got opinion. Colts next week, too. Well, this so week. Tom Brady to the Bucks is not a power move? For sure. And that's an underrated one by me. Just because, obviously, Peyton Manning was still coming off of... He had a broken neck, but he still was considered top Wasn't three. Wasn't he comeback player of the year that year? No, he was not. Uh, AP won comeback player of the that's year. A fair, that's a fair yeah, W. That's yeah, a fair w. which I'm fine with. As much as I wanted Peyton to win, AP had one of the best seasons I've ever seen. But regardless of that... Tom Brady, was he considered a top three, top five quarterback going to Tampa Bay after after that Patriots? I considered him. Yeah? That. yeah okay. Definitely. But in the media, I don't, at that time, he wasn't considered top people, three. Because people are stupid. That's why. People are stupid, and yeah. I will agree with you there. But do you think the wide consensus, he's a top three? I mean, people thought he was washed. Yeah, which is crazy. Tampa, which is crazy. But also, Payne Manning off a of neck surgery, that was a concern of people, too. True. Fair enough. Yeah. And Bro broke the Colts, his neck. The Colts did cut him, which was mind-boggling to me. But regardless of that, Payne came in, changed the culture. Matthew Stafford, first game, was stellar. I do believe he will be an MVP candidate, especially with Sean McVay's offense. He's going to put him in position to be successful, and we saw it on display week one. Sorry about zoning now, guys. We, right, we were bro. doing so good all episode, you know, outside of you yeah, being your on fault. your phone for, you know, topic seven, eight, you know. He has to throw shape. Man was just locked in <laughs> on his phone. And he, see how he flipped know, it to me? Bro. Don't worry. I as was answering as I'm the here, text. I got you. Now I'm saying we had a great thing going we on. We, we weren't did. on our phones the entire time, but, you know, that's true. I tried broke. to hold out, but I got let's, a text and a call. Let's talk about this now, right? You know, the look at you. The team that had the most impressive win uh-huh. our leader, guys. was the Cardinals. Arizona had the most impressive win. There's no doubt about that. Tennessee couldn't get anything going. It was. But I don't want to talk about Arizona, man. I'll be honest. You know, they won. That's great. But I want to talk about the Rams. You know, what the? I want to change up this topic a little bit because Arizona, impressive for sure, but. I'm just so damn happy for Matthew Stafford for sure. that he has a great team. So you want to make this a pity topic? Him. Yeah, I want to make this a pity topic <laughs> because I have been saying for the past couple of years that Matthew Stafford is an elite quarterback. He just needs to be in the right situation. And with Rams, you know, first game, 321 yards, three touchdowns, 156 quarterback rating, the highest of his career ever. People bring up his record against winning teams and, oh, he couldn't get it done in Detroit. I mean, look at what Detroit is. You know, nobody can get it done in Detroit. Not Calvin Johnson, not Barry, Barry Sanders, Sanders, not anybody. Oh, they're garbage. But now with the Rams, the relationship that Sean McVay and Stafford have, it, it looks like it's a great relationship. They are in their honeymoon phase, though, right now. You know, everything at first, when you first start something, everything looks to be going great. But you never know how it's going to end. You know, if they start losing and Stafford throws an interception in the fourth quarter that costs them the game, now McVay might be like, oh, my God, you know. But you never do. But right now it's going great. Same thing with golf. They went great at first, right? Do you expect that? I don't expect that. Okay, I agree. Because I think Stafford is a great football mind, and he's a great human being. I mean, he's done so much for the city of Detroit. Dude. And with the Rams, I just want to ask you guys. I just want to ask you guys right now. 
Can they challenge Tampa Bay and dethrone them? Because that's what that's why they got Stafford. They got Stafford because they want to beat Tampa. You know. Or they want to win a Super Bowl. I thought before them getting Stafford, they were a top three, four team in the NFC. You know, so getting Stafford, a guy who I think has a sizable gap on Jared Goff as a quarterback, I think it definitely puts him in that number two, number three conversation. I think they have the tools considering the fact that they may not have the depth like Tampa Bay has, but they have the Jalen Ramsey's, the Aaron Donald's, Matthew Stafford. They have a good enough core where they can definitely compete with Tampa and they may I'm not I would put my money on Tampa, but they I wouldn't be surprised if they get a win over Tampa in the playoffs because of the fact that they have those stars and those game changers in the Jalen Ramsey's and Aaron Donalds. I'm just gonna backpack off what Riv said. They have the best corner on either team. They have the best defensive player on either team. Just comes to depth. And the Buccaneers just have a stupid amount of depth on both sides of the ball. You think so? I Offensively, they're probably Offensively, the deepest yeah. team. Right. Linebackers, they have probably the best linebacking duo in the league. Defensive line with JPP, Ndamukong Su, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett. That's an amazing. What my big issue though is their secondary. Secondary is young. Their secondary not only is it not is it young. One, you lose Murphy Bunting. Uh, he's probably out for a few weeks. Broken, dislocated arm, whichever the two it is. It's going to be out for probably four to six weeks. You, that's a big cooked. piece. Dean has had gotten cooked. I'm blanking on number 26's name. Help me out. Whitehead? No. Carlton Davis. Thank oh. you. Carlton Davis. They both got fried by Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. So now you bring that to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are better, but it's not like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are scrubs. Clearly, they're not. And if Van Jefferson's going to break out this season, Matthew Stafford's going to have a field day. And Van Jefferson's breakout is going to be due to Matthew Stafford coming to the squad. Matthew Stafford just I mean, makes... Come on, give credit to Van Jefferson. Oh, no. I'm definitely giving Because you Van guys, you was hating on me earlier. Who? Uh, a couple episodes back when I mentioned Van Jefferson's name. I don't remember. You're probably right, though. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember that but regardless of that, Matthew Stafford, I had the Rams winning this division prior to the, to the season starting. It's not, it's not a huge surprise to me. But... Where it worries me for for the for the for the Rams is their depth offensively for the Buccaneers, obviously. But given their secondary, the Rams could compete with any team. Matthew Stafford is about two, three playoff runs away. Not Super Bowl runs, but just winning in the playoffs from being a Hall of Famer. I believe so. I think he has the numbers to do it. You know, for example, Matt Ryan has the numbers. But he's probably he probably won't get in. You know, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, I think he'll get in. Even so, I feel end. like that's that's Matthew Stafford. But Matt got the I don't MVP think though. That is really because I think Philip Rivers has had more success in terms of just winning and making the playoffs. So you don't think Matt would get in, even though he has the MVP to the Super Bowl run? Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think he's borderline because of how his career is playing out right now. Okay, you know that that year is the only year you can point to and say okay. He did something great, but there, other years in his career, you was can't mediocre. you can't really use you can't really say that about him. Mm. That's why I think Matthew Stafford. This is this is a stretch in his career where he can kind of make that Hall of Fame push. He has the numbers. Now it's about him winning. And on to the question about Tampa Bay, I think they can beat Tampa Bay. And yeah. this is the one year that I am conflicted with making a Super Bowl prediction either. 
you know, the winner or what's going to be the game in the matchup. Last year, I was very confident the entire year, starting in June. I said Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Even when they lost 38 to 3, I said Tampa Bay. This year, I'm not confident in anybody. I'm not confident in Tampa Bay. I'm not confident in the Rams or the 49ers or the Chiefs or the Bills or the Browns. I feel like this is one of the years in football that any team can win it. You know, any of the top teams can win it. And that's why I'm not making a prediction this year. Okay. You know, I, I, I have. I might. I have an idea of the teams that I that I think have a chance, but it's just it's open and okay. the Rams can can make it. Definitely. They're one of those teams that they have that opening. They just have to capitalize on that. I'm with you there. I love the Rams this season. The 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 steep not increase improvement, thank you. And another I word. Improvement from Goff to Stafford is easy to see just off game one. Goff had a great game in Detroit. But Goff, when the lights were shine brightest, Goff really crumbled under pressure. Matthew Stafford, primetime game, 8 o'clock Sunday night, opening day, has borderline a perfect game. Six incompletions, over 300 yards. This is why you go and you make a move for a quarterback like this guy. He makes this team that X-level type team. You're making me think Rams might do it, man. You're making me, (laughs) I might want to double down. But I'm gonna give it a week. The Rams to go to Super Bowl. I could be bugging. You picked the Packers. Now, I had I, I had a two way right now, before the season started. I had the Packers. I had I had the Bucks as the two best teams in the NFC. But third, I had the Rams. Off game one, off just looking at roster alone, I don't know what they don't have. Mm. So I'm gonna wait one more week before I make an indecisive decision. I but. would put the Rams over Green Bay. That's me. And I'm not even and saying that. I'm not going to overreact. I'm gonna, that's why I'm, I'm not, waiting I'm one more. I'm not saying that off of I got week it. one. I got if it. you would have asked me before week one, I would have said the Rams over Green Bay. But you did have the Niners winning this division. Both yeah, have. but I, I had the Niners going 13 and 4, and the Rams going 12 and 5. So, you know, one game can go either way. So, would but, you have had, do, you, do you have San Fran over the Packers? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. The Packers, I'm not, I'm not very high on. I mean, I don't, I don't have them winning the division. Mm hmm. You know, I'm not after San Fran, but to Detroit, ugh, that was spotty. There's, there's I, I, that's one of the games that I haven't seen. You uh-huh. know? I'll see it. In I saw their backups played that second half mainly during that blowout. They put their backups in. That's what really happened. That's why they came back. It wasn't their starters, the, the guys who put them up like that. Offense or defense? Because offense, Jimmy basically played the entire defense. Game. Okay, defense what it was and Verrett got hurt secondary, too. Exactly, their secondary is already in question, yeah. and they let got that over three hundred yards. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> no, nah, at this point, I don't think he's going to answer the phone. No, he's not. They need to answer the phone. No, but yeah, I think the Rams have a great shot. No, definitely. That, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I, Thanks, I wouldn't man. be mad at Appreciate that. Appreciate it. But I'm going to give it one more week. I'm going to wait until I make a firm decision. But right now, I'm kind of teetering Rams. Kinda, My boys I'm, is coming. I'm kind of annoyed. I had a lifetime opportunity this season, and it got blown. Wow. It got blown. Because I predicted the Bucks to win a Super Bowl, and they did that. That was a great prediction. And for the NBA, I said the Nets. And if the Nets had not gotten injured, that would have came true as well. But oh, that whatever. sucks. I, I could have had I could have had a year where I predicted the NBA Finals winner and the Super Bowl winner. That's that's a legendary next level legendary. It would have been. I don't know if I'm going to get that opportunity again. It's hard. I think it's not hard for the NBA. It's hard for the NFL. That's that's it's, no, NFL, it's really hard. For yeah, the I picked the Saints and the Bucks last year. 
I picked the Clippers to win it, but I picked the Bucks to go. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, the Bucks as in to go Milwaukee. to the NBA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so you got the, you got the NBA, but kind of. Uh huh. I didn't pick them to win, but I had the Saints and they lost to these guys. I think the Jazz would have won the finals if they were healthy. Like the whole thing, really? I, I firmly believe it's that. funny because you, you know what's funny about him? He watched that Donovan Mitchell thing, and now he thinks the Jazz would have won I, it. So Donovan Mitchell, dark horse MVP. He did not think no, that before no, no, the no. season. He did not think that before that. No, because he called me stupid for yeah, he didn't when think that Don that Mitchell, Mitchell exactly. He, he wouldn't have picked them to come out the West and win. No, the whole trust game. me, you don't have to tell wait, me. Wait, wait, you're lying. Because before. we were we were literally at this table two episodes ago when we talked about basketball. You said the Jazz would have won the finals. No, you said, I said, said I said the Jazz would have if they beat the Clippers and they were healthy, yeah. they would have beat Phoenix. But you just and said. I said they would have beat. The Bucks. That's that's crazy though. Because that's you said crazy. whoever wins the Nets in the Bucks series, you said it all the time. They would win the finals. So now, which one is I it, know, bro? Man, you're going all yeah, over the place because you said the Suns. And then you said Phoenix exactly. would win. You got to make up your Dude, mind, bro. Come on. <laughs> Look, I'm just not gonna give the Bucks credit, bro. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we see that. We- <laughs> but I, I think the Jazz could have won because I, I think Gobert would have been much better situated. It would have been a better Giannis. matchup. It would have been way better matchup. DeAndre Ayton got destroyed. Poor guy. And Jay Crowder. Giannis is a grown man. That is a grown man. I don't know if he anyone's. definitely wouldn't have fifty on Gobert. I don't think I don't he would think have so. fifty, but I, mean, I still Simmons think that he's enforcing so. his will. He did. Ben Simmons, he didn't have fifty on him. He had 40. But he had fifty he had 40, in the game, yeah. though. Like you know what I'm saying? Ben Simmons, he didn't have fifty. It was, it was forty, it was but 40. I'm exaggerating. Like it was just a lot. He of, had forty. Yeah, it was like forty six. But it points. wasn't on Gobert. Like only like nine points were on Gobert. You think they would have left Gobert on an island one on one with Giannis? I'll be honest, no. They they can they have better personnel. Actually, I don't know. They don't. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they just have Gobert. Yeah, but, you know what I'm that's really good. I don't. No one's stopping Giannis. Drew Holiday could have locked up Mitchell too. I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Now you're doubling that. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Let's do the pick'em, bro. Stick to football. Okay, on to the NFL pick'em. This is NFL pick'em week two, and let let's do this week a little bit different because last week I. It, picks were rushed. I don't want it to be rushed. Drew won last week. Let, let's give let's give some concise explanations as to why you know we have people that might make bets on these picks so let's actually explain our stuff listen i i try to apparently i talk too much so i'm gonna let you guys do your thing well in that segment you didn't talk at all yeah <laughs> which one the pick them what do you mean last week i did well, i know we did we just say names oh i gave my little blurb like i usually do i had a ticket and the colts blew it first game my underdog ticket Put money on the Broncos because first game Giants versus Washington Thursday night football. Both are 0 1. Who wins their first game? I'll go while he thinks. I'm gonna go Washington. I just think that from what I saw against the Chargers, their defense was lock up. Giants offense is not it at all. I think Washington does enough. I think Washington composed the same problems that Denver posed against the Giants. So with that being said, I think I'm gonna go Washington. The only reason why I'm hesitant to pick Washington is because Taylor Heineke's a wild card. Agreed. I so don't I don't believe in him as a quarterback. Mm, I either. don't at all. No. I saw too many inaccuracies versus the Chargers. I think the Giants have a very good defense. But this is a division game, and these are always tough to pick. They both need a win, but because that offensive line is so bad, I mean there was a vi- there was a picture of them blocking each, each other. other, bro. That's crazy. I'm picking a Washington to win this game. And they will become one and one. Is that Marlon Humphreys? It is Marlon. That is Humphrey. a fire pick right there. And now next game, Raiders versus Steelers. Raiders coming off that big win against the Ravens, and the Steelers winning against the Bills. Who wins this matchup? It's at Pittsburgh. 
I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I like their defense. I like that Big Ben is still a solid guy, and they have their three wide receiver tandem. So I'm going to go uh, Pittsburgh. I'm going Steelers, too. From watching the game last night, Ravens had a lot of opportunities to win the game, and Lamar just couldn't see some opportunities that he was given by the Raiders' defense. I think Ben gets the job done. I think they win. I originally had the Raiders winning this game because I just feel like they have momentum right now. Derek Carr's rolling. That offensive line is iffy. But Denzel Good is out. They're starting right guard for the Raiders. And I just think that Steelers' pass rush is just going to be too much. And Derek Carr, he he let a comeback. But in the first half, in the first three quarters, he wasn't that good. Agreed. In that fourth quarter, he really came alive and led them back because of that. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they'll advance to 2-0. Next game, 49ers versus Philadelphia Eagles. Who wins that game? We looked really good, but, you know, this is still a dangerous team. Regardless of them losing Jason Verrett, they still got that defensive line, and they still got a strong secondary. You know, they still got both of their safeties. I'm blanking. It's Ward and Tart, I believe. We're both their second, their okay. safety guys, mm-hmm. and they still got Kwan Williams, who's not bad. I'm gonna go with the Niners. Though. I think the Niners get this W. I think the Eagles win this game. I think being at home, seeing what they did to the Falcons, absolutely killed them on both sides of the ball. Matt Ryan had no time to throw the ball. Obviously, Niners have a, a solid offensive line, but I do believe the Eagles' offense will be good enough to overcome the Niners after seeing what the Lions did to the Niners and the Eagles being or having confidence already, given the fact that they whooped the Falcons. I think the Eagles keep it rolling. I picked the Eagles in week one. They're my sleeper team in the NFL, but they won't beat San Francisco. San Francisco is just a different demon. They are legit. They are goblins. They're not goons. Defensive line is unstoppable. Nick Bosa, even though he got stopped by Penesul a little bit, they are great. The offense is great. And this is going to be Philadelphia's toughest test in a while. I think 49ers win this game. Their offense is going to be clicking. Jimmy G. Do you think their offense is great? I do think their offense is great. As long as Kyle Shanahan's there, their offense is going to be great. Fair enough. You know, and Jimmy G, I said before the season started that he's going to have a breakout season. Or not not a breakout season, but he's going to have a great season. If did you say that? I did say that. I thought you were down on Jimmy G. No, I was not down on oh, Okay. No, I'm just trying to remember. I, I, I don't remember I you saying that. You must have said that like off cam. I like, I like, no, I said it before. I, I really? said it on cam. Yes, I did. I said it on Say cam. word. Because I, I literally made a video about how I wanted Jimmy G to go to Denver. Because I think he would have been good there. Oh, okay. I would have okay. been more but, than willing to have him. But I, I think I think Jimmy G's going to have a great season this year. Probably his last one in San Fran, but this year he's going to have a great season if he doesn't get injured. If he's healthy the entire year, you're going to see a lot of performances from like what he did versus Detroit having those. 300-yard games, multiple touchdowns. He, they're going to be Philadelphia. I think San Fran wins this game. Then on to the next team, Texans versus Browns. Man, you guys are going to have to uh, have me go in the receipts. I'm going to dig in them receipts. What, oh, the Jimmy G? Yeah. I just remember us talking about a QB, me saying Jimmy G was good because he's a winner, and then you saying something to like along the lines like it doesn't really matter. Stats oh, because I said two is going to be two is Jimmy G. And then no, I think Jimmy G's a, a good quarterback, but I, I think he's like he's average good. You okay. know, he's not a great elite quarterback. <clears throat> okay, you know that, that's what I'm saying. I think Jimmy G's fine. That's you know? what I'm. That's I what I think I'm he's like in the Teddy B tier, a little bit maybe above Teddy B. I agree. But they're the same tier. You know, he's a good quarterback, but is he a franchise guy? Nah. And I just said two is is like he did that go to, to a me. Super Bowl. 
Yeah, but that team was stacked. They were yeah. stacked, but he he helped get them there without a doubt. He had some big games that year. He that did. game against the Saints was crazy. Oh, yeah, he did. I think he's a good quarterback. He's a very good um, quarterback. Browns. I'm not really need. I don't need to discuss that further. I think Browns have something to prove here after losing to the Chiefs. They're at home. I don't see how they, they prove lose. nothing by beating Texas. Texas versus nah, Browns. It's a statement like they should beat them swimmingly. Yeah. Texans versus Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to win this game as well. Texans had that great win against Jacksonville, but I think just like Jacksonville, last year they beat the Colts week one, right? And they lost every single game after that. Facts. You know, Texans, they won week one, but let's ease, let's, you know, pump the brakes. I don't think they're going to be that good. So Broncos versus Jaguars, who wins this game? Oh, I got the Broncos. You know, I picked them last week to beat the Giants. I'm going to stay. Do we know, Teddy B? Yeah, I'm going to stay with Denver. They're the dominant team. That defense is going to wreak havoc for T. Lawrence. Easy win. Broncos are going to handle this one. Like This is another easy pick. You know, Broncos are going to win this game. The Jaguars got embarrassed by the Texans, and they're not even a good team. So the Broncos are going to embarrass the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a rough game. Another yeah. one. Saints versus Panthers. Now, this is interesting. Jameis Winston versus Sam Donald. Both quarterbacks looking to revive their careers with new respective teams, even though one of them is actually a a legit guy. So, Saints versus Panthers. Who wins that game attack, Carolina? I've seen the Saints dominate Green Bay. I've seen Carolina beat the Jets. I trust the Saints O-line. I trust the Saints D-line. And I'm feeling good about Winston. So, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. I'm not going to be fooled like last week. Against the Panthers. Panthers played relatively well against the Jets. Kind of cruising that second half. Made it a closer closer game than what it actually was. But I think the Saints do win this game, even though it is at Carolina. I think the Saints, just both sides of the ball right now, are, are a better team. They showed it against Green Bay, who I was very high on going into the season, that they could still dominate a top, end in the league, a top team in the league. Excuse me, And I think they come out with the W. This game is going to be close. It is. And I think it's because Carolina's defense is underrated. They're going to be one of the better young young defenses in the NFL. They have a bunch of speed on that defensive line at that secondary with Dante Jackson, who has rockets up his ass, and you have <laughs> and you have J.C. Horn, who I think can be a really great corner in this league. But the Saints have Sean Payne. They have Jameis. They have that defense. They have that offensive line. I think they pull out this win and advance to 2-0. Next game, Rams versus Colts. Matthew Stafford, he was a guy the Colts wanted to trade for, but they settled with Carson Wentz. So Rams versus Colts, who wins this game? You know, I'm a Wentz homer. I thought he played really good, though, last week, you know, first game back. You know, he didn't have much of a preseason or a training camp. The Rams are tough, man. This is a tough game, but I'm going to go with the underdog mentality this game. I'm going to pick Indianapolis to get the W. I think the Colts, excuse me, I think the Rams do win this game after watching what the Seahawks did to them. I'm way higher on the Rams, and I think that the Rams do handle the job. I think so, too. I think the Rams are a better team than the Colts, and it would just be so bittersweet if Matthew Stafford comes off a great debut and then loses to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is, a, is an okay team, but are they special? Are they great? I don't think so. The Rams are looking to be special this season. Their defensive line, we all know, is great. That offense is going to wreak havoc against that cold secondary because the cold secondary is good, but it's not, it's not exceptional. So I think the Rams win this game on the road. Next game, Bills versus Dolphins. The Bills disappointed me last week. I gambled on them. They lost. Yet I still trust in the fact that the Bills have a better quarterback. They have a better offense in general. 
their defense isn't it's still really good. So I think the Bills pull out this one in the division game. It's going to be close, though. I actually think the Dolphins pull this one out. Being at home, I know the Bills are on the brink of going 0-2, and that's what I'm predicting. But I think that that's not going to be the end of their season. 0-2 is not a death sentence for teams. I just think the Dolphins right now have played a solid game against uh, the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Uh, a, a pretty hostile environment, especially in division. I think just being at home, I think Tua is going to play uh, a lesser defense in the Bills. I'm not that high in the Bills' defense personally. Uh, I, I think that Tua can can have a decent game, and I think that they do enough to to beat the Bills. The Dolphins are looking to one against the Patriots because Damian Harris cost the Patriots that game. The Bills will beat the Dolphins, and it's going to start a rolling ball effect of the Dolphins losing games and being out the playoffs. But the, the Bills will win this game. You know, let's just take it a game at a time. The Bills will win. Josh Allen is too good. Patriots versus Jets. Oh, this is an easy one for me. I got Mac Jones and the Patriots. I'm going to this game. I'm going to go live. Oh, nice, right? bro. Don't home. you have season tickets? Yeah. Home you home. missed the last one, didn't you, because of work? No, they were nah, away. I was away. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not missing this game. I'll get fired before I miss this game. Yeah, what the- I'm uh, sure. I put about two weeks notice in already. Feel, oh, you did? Yeah, I yeah. Did. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, pa- <laughs> Patriots, easy W. They're just a, too much of a better team than you guys. I think this is going to be a good game, but I do just because the, the rookie matchup, obviously, Zach's going to want to prove that he's the better player. Mac's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, too. But I do think the Patriots overall are a better team defense-wise. Offensively, it's kind it's kind of close because Corey Davis, in my opinion, is the best offensive weapon on the squad outside of the quarterbacks, obviously. But given all that, I, I just think that the Patriots are just more complete right now, and I think that they 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 win this game. Yeah, I think I'm going Pats. I don't even have to explain it. I just know they're better. <laughs> uh, Bengals versus Bears. Who wins that game? I actually like this game. You know, this Bears defense is solid. You know, Cincinnati's offense is really good, but I feel like – the Bears last week, they had a lot of miscommunication. You know, Eddie Jackson was getting a lot of, you know, talks in the media. But I think I'm going to roll with Cincinnati. I think they go 2-0 this week. You know, they're coming off a good win against the Vikings, who are a much better team than Chicago. Joe Burrow has the confidence. Chase, Boyd, Higgins, they have the confidence. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati this week. I think that Cincinnati does win this game. I think that David Montgomery is going to have a huge game, and he's going to impact, you know, the the, the He's going to have a huge impact for the Bears' offense, but I don't think it's going to be enough to overcome uh, the Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals had a huge win against the Vikings. I look for that to continue. I think that Bears as a whole are just not a great team right now. Question. How long do you think Andy Dalton has? Apparently, a report just came out that they're not looking to change it until week four. Week four. This could be the Andy Dalton revenge game against the Bengals. I personally believe that He's going to get off to a rough start, and Justin Fields will come in this game. You think this game yes, would be the game? I think, I think it's that quick. Let me see where it's at. It's at it's Soldier at, Field. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be calling for Justin Fields. <laughs> and I think the pressure is going to be too intense mm-hmm. for Matt Nagy to leave Fields out the game. I think Fields comes in, and the Bears win the game with Fields leading the way. That would be like some like, Baker Mayfield type? Yeah, yeah. I think like that's what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next game, Falcons versus Buccaneers. Bucks. Bucks. I have the Bucks. <laughs> Next game, Vikings versus Cardinals. Oh, this is a good one, but I'm sticking to my guns. I got Arizona. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Arizona too. Oh, okay. I, yeah, no, I think Arizona. From what they showed me against the Titans, obviously the Vikings do have a better defense than the Titans, but I think Kyler Murray is too good right now oh, to be stopped by any defense that's even mediocre. 
Uh, and I think that the Cardinals proved something defensively. That defensive line is something to be scared of. So I'm going cards. The Vikings are very similar to Tennessee in the way they run the ball. They have great offensive weapons. They have a good but not great defense. The Titans have an awful defense. I think the Cardinals win because the Vikings offensive line is not going to be able to keep up with J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones. This is just a bad matchup from, from Minnesota. Titans versus Seahawks next game. Considering the fact that how Russell Wilson and that offense completely just did it to the Colts, and they didn't do it. You know, they just had a lot of big plays that the Colts couldn't keep up with. I think looking at the Titans, they're a pretty much a worse defense. They, the secondary is relying on a rookie as their number one. I think Seattle, I think Russell Wilson, DK, and Tyler Lockett exposes that defense as it already is, yep. and I think they come out with a W. Seahawks are on a mission this season, and I do believe that they're going to continue doing that week two. I feel like they're going to dominate them offensively. Titans might not have an answer like they didn't have an answer for the, for the Cardinals. Seahawks defense is or shown against the Colts that it it's it's a pretty solid defense and one that should be feared pretty pretty easily. I mean, you have Bobby Wagner, obviously Jamal Adams, solid, solid players on that squad. But I do believe Seahawks do win this game easy. Yeah, I'm picking Seattle too. I think they beat Tennessee, even though Tennessee could come out, you know, with the chip on their Definitely. shoulder after getting embarrassed <laughs> and win this game. But I just trust in Seattle, and it's at Seattle, and that's yeah. always a tough place to play. Cowboys versus Chargers. Oh, this is another good one. <sighs> you know, seeing as if Washington struggled to put any effect on Justin Herbert from a a past defense perspective, I don't think Dallas is going to do much better, you know, considering the fact that they only have Demarcus Lawrence, even though he did play well against Tampa Bay. I like the Chargers, but I think I'm going to go with Dallas this game. That offense, I feel like Tampa Bay's defense, which is so much better and that offense still looked good against them so I like Cooper Lamb and I like I like this offense against I think them. this game is going to be like 50 to 45 something ridiculous is going to be a whole lot of offense what I'm exaggerating <laughs> come on it's going to be a, a very high scoring game obviously we saw that with the Buccaneers the Cowboys could put up points against a really solid defense I do believe that they are not going to have a problem scoring against the Chargers but I don't think the Chargers are going to have a problem scoring against Dallas at Chargers I'm, this is this is one of the tougher games for me personally, but I'm going to go Chargers. I'm going Chargers too. You guys said everything I was going to say. I think Justin Herbert comes out and has a fantastic performance. Sunday Night Football: Chiefs versus Ravens. This is easy. Is it? It is. Chiefs, right? I'm going Chiefs. Oh, okay. Ravens. Think... For some reason, Lamar when he plays Lamar has Patty, a beat. No, Pat Mahomes yet. can't. Lions versus Packers Monday Night Football. Packers get a dub. Packers. Yeah, Packers too. So that's going to do it for NFL Pick'em Week 2. Put your predictions down in the comment section below. Let us know what teams you're picking this week. And this is going to do it for episode 112 of the Picasad Podcast. NFL only episode. From now on, we're going to do NFL on Tuesday, basketball on Friday. And we have a Patreon exclusive episode in store soon on our Patreon only We'll put up some clips of that episode on the main YouTube hey, channel to hey. show you guys what you're getting in that. But, you know, it's going to be a fun time. We can't wait. And we hope you guys uh, are on the ride with us. And everybody who has been supporting us on Patreon or via YouTube membership, we appreciate you guys. You guys keep this podcast rolling. You guys pay the bills as well. And it helps us, you know, try to get better equipment. You know, hopefully we can be like a, um, be like a show like Pat McAfee. 
That'd be you know, crazy. Have, hilarious. Have the main, have all that production around. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get there one day. We'll no, get definitely. We'll get there for get sure. So you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pixar Podcast, on Twitter at Pixar Pod. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com/bluewire. That's wefunder.com/bluewire.